This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody out there. You are listening to the Next Lander podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Caravella, joined by your host, Brad Shoemaker. I was about to say, you've seized power. You've <laughs> appointed yourself the host. Joined by your other host, Alex Navarro. I would prefer to be referred to as the warlord of this podcast, if at all possible. Sorry, Sorry put it- Hollywood already took that spot. Yeah, Damn. You're going to have to put on your, your Christmas sweater. We are the three hosts, and we come bearing gifts of this oh. podcast. Mm. Uh, we followed the podcasting star, and we have come to this here... The Next Lander podcast. Yes, we've reached the next land bearing <laughs> incense and myrrh and opinions about video games. That's right. That's right. News about video games like Boomerang X and Final Fantasy, which we will get to in a little bit here. We're also going to talk a little later about some news in, uh, I guess, including what's going on with Judgment. Uh, are you too old to play games? I am. Uh, the Smash Brothers uh, uh, alike with the Nickelodeon 
cast of characters? This is an excuse for us to talk about Nickelodeon cartoons, but that's fine. Good. And uh, maybe getting ripped off at the arcades. But first, you're listening to this here, episode six. It is July 15th when this goes out to the public. Thursday, the as, world. as I like to call it in my household. And I am here in the basement, and the basement... The basement is underground, and the ground does not realize it got cooler in New Jersey, and so it is. Oh. Re- it has retained the heat of a hot summer, uh, a continuing hot summer, but it is a little cooler outside today, but the basement is cooking. It's cooking out here. Hot basement? Is that possible? Well, like, it's, it's hotter than it is in the rest of the house, but, because the, I think the ground has uh, heated up, and, oh. uh, you know, it changes slower, so, like... You know, as it gets hot outside, it usually stays cooler in the basement, and then mm-hmm. the, the ground has, has cooked a little bit, and now it's like cooling out, it's cooling a little bit. But don't worry, it's hot. It's getting hot again today. Let's see what. Oh, good. Let's see what Windows is telling me. Do you do you have windows like the little slidey windows at the top at least that kind of get you to the ground level? I do. Um, I put black wrap on them at some <laughs> point for uh Ooh. for but uh I, and I don't keep them open. Uh, generally in here, I guess I could open them up for ventilation. They're kind of a pain in the butt to get to. And then who knows what you're going to put your hand through. Do you ever see, um, yeah, I would say there's also like, how, what, what's the spider quotient up in that general region? Yeah. You remember, um, is it, is it temple of doom where she puts her hand to pull the lever and, uh, the Indy's in the thing. And it's like, we are going to die here. <laughs> and she's got to put her, her hand in through the centipedes and the muck to pull the lever. She's like, Indy, I can't do it. That's that movie's bad for a number of reasons, but most uh, specifically because that scene in particular did a real number <laughs> on me psychologically yes. when I saw it. What yes. are those reasons? Like, I haven't seen that movie since I was a child, probably, and everybody talks about it as, like, the bad Indiana... Well, it was the bad Indiana Jones until the fourth one happened. Right. But of I the, mean, of I the think, original three, that seems to be the one people are down on, and I've never quite understood why. I mean, it's fairly racist in some pretty specific <laughs> ways. Yeah. So. Which bad parts uh, do you, would, you, would you like to pick apart here? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember anything about it. I haven't seen uh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 20, it's you know, you don't need to. Five years or something, I don't know. It paints with some pretty, it's got a palette of like three or four colors that it tries to, to paint the whole thing in. Okay. And in, in terms of like the world, uh, it's pretty broad brush. I mean, it is, it is plot wise. I, I, people like um, Raiders. I guess Raiders is all right. I, I never liked Temple of Doom to begin with. I was way ahead of the curve. Uh, I mean, I, Raiders is good, but, you know, I, I've always been the Last Crusade defender. Yes. That has always been my favorite. That is also my favorite. Now, I will say Raiders has Karen Allen, and I'm a huge Karen Allen fan. So, sure. So, like, that, that is brings it way up for me. But mm-hmm. Last Crusade is goofy and silly and makes no – it's nonsensical – it's prob- but the ways in which it are, is nonsense are great, by yes. and large. Like it is, it is a a ton of fun for being the kind of you know rip roaring adventure that it is. Rip roaring. Sean Connery never in such a rip roaring adventure. Uh, well, again. no, that's not true. But he has never played a more fussy character in a rip roaring adventure than he does in The Last Crusade. Have you seen Dragonheart? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. I don't remember it, so but I have seen Dragonheart at some point in my life. That is a fussy dragon, let me tell okay. you. Uh, <laughs> I believe you. Brad, have you the seen worst Dragon kind of dragon. Do not want an uppity, fastidious, overly 
Fletch's <laughs> dragon. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I like Temple is also like kind of a darker movie. It's a, it's um, you know, there's ripping out of hearts and there is a drinking of blood and there is okay. Sure. Yeah, the part where they just straight up ripped the heart out of that guy's chest is uh, was again very impressionable on my young mind. Yeah. Though I will say, t- somehow to me, less disturbing than reaching through that wall <laughs> and having your arm covered in every kind of bug. So I think about that scene. All the time, whenever I am re- that and the uh, I think I just brought this up recent recently. The Flash Gordon put your arm into the 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 hole in the ma- in the wall where and there's like monsters in there or like little things that'll eat your hand when he's in the uh, it's like the guys with the wings village. My Flash Gordon memory pretty hazy though. Mm-hmm. I do know he, I do remember this part. He's got to like put his hand in and something could eat his hand. Uh, third one. Garbage disposals in any horror movie. That's uh don't. Oh yeah. yeah, you're just in for a bad time. Maximum <clears throat> overdrive. Anything that is um, where that thing could turn on, it will. It will. Every garbage disposal in a movie is Chekhov's garbage disposal. <laughs> That's you right. You know that at some point mm. something is getting eaten by that and is probably not garbage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Depends on the character, but yes, a human flesh. It hungers for human flesh. Speaking of Indeed. eating, is is Simple Doom the one where they eat monkey brains? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, that is the monkey brain one and okay. beetles i believe I, I think they have a they have a whole a whole a whole feast there what uh, would you, is, yeah what would you say if i told you that a fifth indiana jones film is due next year oh i know and i don't i i'm trying to imagine just the sheer dearth of energy that will be <laughs> emanating from harrison ford during that film and how <laughs> what are they even going to do with him That's, in that i've never never seen someone give less of a shit <laughs> And I respect that. I want to say for the record, I absolutely uh, respect the fact that Harrison Ford does not give a shit. He is just cashing these checks. He, that man is just smoking his weed and doing whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that is a lifestyle I can respect. Sure. Yes. I, I'm going to say it goes uh, last for me la, in order of enjoyment. Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, Ark. Uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fate of Atlantis, the video game. Mm. Okay. Uh, then probably temple and then the skull, the crystal skull. Is that the, the, that's, I think I've seen that's pretty much where I would rank these. I never played Atlantis, but by all accounts, it seems fairly well regarded. So I would trust that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, huh. The Spielberg is not doing the next one. Maybe he cashed out. I guess. I mean, Karen Allen was in crystal skull. Executive producer check. Yes, probably. Uh, yes. I don't, it doesn't look like she's in the new one, but you know who is, is Mads Mikkelsen. Really? Mads Mikkelsen is in the next Indiana Jones. So is Thomas Kretschmann. Is Mads going to play a Nazi? Ah, I don't know. Well, they already got past that time period. They were, they moved on to the Soviets in the last one. Oh, is Mads going to play a a Soviet? Possibly. Hard to say. I I want to say I thought I read that this one takes place in like the 70s, but (laughs) I could be wrong. Oh man, what are we doing? Indiana... Indiana Jones, look, Harrison Ford is like 80 years old. <laughs> he's, is he really that? I mean, I know he's, he's old. like late 70s, <laughs> I think. Yeah, 79. Wow. Oh. You're, you're not wrong. What happened to, um, I thought we were replacing Harrison Ford with, uh, uh, nope, with, nope, no? nope. It Shia didn't, did not work went out. in some directions. Yes. Oh. Some off, let's say some off camera antics may have disqualified Shia LaBeouf. And it wasn't being. Transformers, the movie? It was, uh, no. No, those are on no. antics. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, listen, call me. I'm available. I'm, you know, in my 40s. That means I've got at least five movies in me in the Jones franchise. 
I can learn to crack a whip just as good as Harrison Ford did, or just as just as I, well, even. I think I'm increasingly of the opinion that we can just retire <laughs> Indiana Jones entirely. I, I there's a I there's a whole I, fifteen years of re, of of remasters. We talked about this on the Ramblecast. You get the prince. Let's remaster him. Yeah, let's go. I, I think. Oh no, could, they I, just did the 4K editions of those movies. I think you could have made that claim in the late '80s. Credibly. <laughs> yes, frankly. I agree. Crystal Skull did not need to happen. Three. I understand why they went forward with it. I understand why they tried, but that should have been the end of it. Three is a good number of movies to make. It is. My my wife was asking. We enjoy that. We enjoy Indiana Jones uh, as, as a as a trilogy. We will call it as a trilogy. And she was saying, should we should we watch Raiders with the kids? My kids being uh, nine and six. And I was like, you do remember the part where they opened the ark, right? And she's like, yeah, but it's so silly. I was like, you do remember uh, the like blood under the, the skin and the melting eyeballs, the melting guy, yes, uh, when that happens, right? That's She's a, like, yeah. but it's so comical. I was like, it's not comical for a six or nine year old. It's or, or me. I think <laughs> that is a pretty vivid image that sticks in the mind. We have to remember that our parents let us watch this shit because they didn't know. Like anything oh, that said dude. PG, they were like, "Okay, sure, why not?" I was just—that's so how I saw Ghostbusters when I was six. You know, uh, Ghost, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Remember so the lady, the the bad. library ghost, yeah, with the, yeah, the part yeah. where she turns into the weird skull demon. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. Sure, there is some slightly frightening imagery in that movie. I was just having this yeah. conversation recently with somebody though about like things that we should not have watched as children. Yeah, the, the two for me are uh, the the Murphy murder scene in RoboCop. Oh yes, yes okay. that's and, tough. Which I don't know that I've seen since I was a kid. <laughs> it messed yeah. me up so much. I'm with and you the, on that. I saw that too young. And the arm wrestling scene from uh, the Cronenberg Fly, the Fly. <laughs> oh wow! Like those How old two were you when you saw like, that, like not long after it hit home video, probably mm, oh, or something. Man. Like I was like seven, six, seven, eight. When did that movie come out? Like eighty six or something. I yeah, eighty six. The fly for me, but it was the teeth part when he's in the was, mirror with the the teeth. That was oh, really, yeah. really that whole movie. The whole movie should really, not yeah. have seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, until I was a teenager. Oh, uh, what was the one? The one for me that I remember most vividly, other than the Temple of Doom stuff, is Poltergeist. Oh, the part where geez. the guy is looking in the mirror. Yeah, and like you, you know, like the it starts getting too hot, and he starts peeling the skin off yes. his own face. Like that, I, I, God, how old was I? I was probably six or seven when I saw that. That's and I was too like, young. I was watching, I was probably watching HBO with my parents <laughs> in the other room and they didn't know I was watching it. And I was just like this, I, I shouldn't be watching this yet. I cannot look away. Uh, for a uh, poltergeist for me, the one that it's not that it's the kid's room with the tree that, uh, oh, uh, yeah. th- that I did not like. Uh, and the body's coming up out of the, the mud at the end. That's Yeah. But the, the tree eating the kid and like the, there's like, foam or something at some point in a room i kind of vaguely remember that i haven't those movies scared the pants off me as a kid uh my two very specific ones that i have in the kind of horror vein that brad brought up that is scarring is aliens where they find the woman against the wall okay Uh, yeah go ahead yeah and she's like kill me i just watched aliens for the first time in perhaps decades a couple weekends ago had, has a great movie. Found it to be a bit campier than I remember. Mm, it is campy. campy, but I think it's pretty great. I've stuff. been I've been on a big Aliens kick, and I watched all of the Ridley Scott ones in short succession, and then watched Aliens, and that is a real hard tonal swerve. I'm curious to see how you come out on three and four. I've never seen any version of three. Mm. And now I'm sitting here. Three, I, 
Not to turn this into a movie <laughs> podcast, but no, it's like we can three, do that every once in a while. Three might be the rare situation where I actually watch the director's cut, the assembly cut before the theatrical, and maybe never watch the theatrical. Okay. All I've ever heard is that the theatrical cut is a complete disaster, and that the the assembly cut I, is like actually okay. It is. I, I do think the assembly cut is better. Um, but I am also the rare Alien Three defender. I don't think the the theatrical cut is that bad. It is definitely it has problems, and I do think it it suffers by comparison to being compared to two of the greatest horror slash action horror movies of all time. Sure. And but I also think that there's some there's a tone to it that I like, and I think that like I said, I think the assembly cut does a better job of like fixing some of the plot holes and whatnot. But in general, I, I think Alien Three is actually pretty good, and I okay. think Alien Resurrection is a bad movie, but it looks amazing, mm. and it has a tone and a style to it that is like nothing else anywhere anywhere within the Alien. It's super bizarre. I have seen that movie. And yeah. Also read a bunch about the making of it and what a mess it was. Which which one is um Winona Ryder? Uh, that's that's that four. Resurrection. That's that's Resurrection. Yes. I have not seen either of them. Uh, I have only seen trailers for them when they came out. Okay. Four you- is directed by a guy who Jean uh, Pierre uh, Jeunet. Yeah, Jeunet, who I I like a lot. Like City of Lost Children uh, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I'm not as big on Amelie as a lot of other people, but you know people love that movie. Um. He brings his visual panache to it, and it is ridiculous <laughs> in a way that I, I'm not sure an alien movie actually should be, but I respect that they tried. Well, not only is that part ridiculous, but have you ever looked into, like, like Joss Whedon wrote it, and apparently he wrote it, and he wanted John Woo to direct it, and he wrote it as some kind of, like, hard-boiled, double-fisted action thing. You, you can <laughs> see pieces of that around the edges of that movie. It's it's a mess. It's a, it's a bizarre. But you thing. also you can't have doves in space. So what is even the point? Yeah. Or can you? space or doves in, in space? No one no one can hear you, dove. Um, the other one was uh, Predator. Saw Predator to uh, oh to yeah. Young. Um, the, the that part. first time when you see the skinless bodies hanging in the tree, you're like, ugh. And Billy on on the when he like cuts yeah. his arm, like that whole thing. That's that was too much, too much. Uh, what is, uh, you just saw Aliens. I'm trying to remember, uh, Vasquez's line, uh, her, or like, Womack, you piece of shit line when, uh, when she, when she's trapped, when she's trapped and has to pull the grenade with, to go- Gorman. You're a piece of shit, Gorman. You, or you like, were always an asshole. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like asshole. literally yeah. the last thing she says to them before they blow themselves up. <laughs> you were always an asshole. Yeah, I, I do like that. That's a good line. I always really liked her dynamic with Bishop and also her dynamic with Gorman. I always felt <laughs> like that that character was kind of the glue that held that whole team together. Uh, Bishop inter- Bishop comes back in some of them, right? Mm, or is that the end of no. Bishop in two? I think, I think the actor is involved in three, but in kind of a different role. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do they call them in the Aliens universe? Synthoids? Oh, wait, not Bishop. Uh, wait, Bishop is the android. That's, I was that's thinking of... Lance of, Yeah, I'm thinking of the, the blonde guy that she's, like, joking with through a lot of Aliens before he dies. Oh. What, is, what the hell was that guy's name? Oh, I don't know who you're... I just... What is this podcast? I don't know what this is about. I just looked that guy up on Wikipedia <laughs> Hudson like last week because... You might be right. No, Hudson is... He's, he's in Shawshank Redemption as well. Uh, yes. What he's is a his? fairly known character actor. He's a character actor, yeah. Where's Hudson his? Game Over, man? Is that Hudson? Shut up, Hudson. I think that is Hudson. Is that Bill Paxton? Man, now I need to watch Aliens again. Yeah, is I kind of do too. Maybe we should all watch Aliens. Bring a beverage. Aliens is a pretty good movie. Mark watch Ralston. Aliens. 
Mark Ralston is, okay. is the blonde dude, the, the real wise-ass asshole in Aliens. Yeah, I should know that because I love Lance Henriksen. I, I will watch Lance Henriksen just about anything. I've seen Pumpkinhead movies because I love <laughs> Lance Henriksen. Uh, we, should, we should do a rewatch of Aliens. I would like to know if it, is there a definitive cut of Aliens or, or is, is there only one so, cut? So, I mean, I've, I've got, I bought the, uh, the Alien Anthology, like the Blu-ray collection ages yeah. ago. And they have the director's cuts of both Alien and Aliens on there. And okay. yet, in both cases, Ridley Scott and James Cameron are on there basically saying, like, yeah, the version I put out is the version. That oh, they okay. wanted. <laughs> the studio wanted something else to put on this disc, so here you go. I cut, <laughs> you know, I cut some extra scenes in, I guess, but like, I think it was pretty good to begin with. I, I think that's absolutely true with Alien. I don't think the director's cut really adds anything at all to it. Mm. I do think there is some merit to the Aliens director's cut, just because I like that opening bit on the planet where you kind of meet the colonists before it all goes mm. to shit. I, I went and watched that as a deleted scene. I didn't watch it in, in the director's cut form, but like, I don't know. I, I think like, the movie is damn near perfect as it is. Getting, I just I think yeah. it's fun. It's a fun different take on. I think like getting there, not knowing what happened, mm. and like not knowing what you're about to encounter is pretty crucial. I'm kind yeah, of with but, you on that. I don't. I haven't seen that scene, but I'm with you on that sentiment, Brad. The, the, like, the scene uh, he's talking about is like a pretty extended scene of the colony before the aliens overran it. So they're all happy and kids are running around playing, and it's like, oh, this this is who these people are, and like they make yeah. it very explicit exactly what happened there. Yeah, when yeah, you meet Newt, scene. you're supposed to where did, where did this kid come from? Is right. Newt in that extended scene? Yes. Oh, yes. See, like fighting with her brother, it's very just like oh, these families are just here doing science, and then like oh, what is this spaceship they just found? Like it's very clear where things are going. Yeah. Speaking of things that uh, go, where are they going? Okay, where and they come back again, right? Uh-huh. Like things that we mm-hmm. send out in, into the world and then come back again, like, like a children, like, like a boom. <laughs> Speaking of children, if you love them, set them free, and they will come back to you like some kind of boomerang, mm. like Generation X okay. boomerang. Okay, I see. Like okay. a boomerang X. Um, we are it's now a in the segue. Uh, yeah, we got there. Uh, I mean, I can I can throw it out and see if it comes back again. It is boomerang X time. Yeah, boomerang X is one of the best games I have played in a very long time. Well, damn, that's my assessment. I wish I could have finished it. I was banging my head against the last boss right before this podcast because I really wanted to. I played through all of it up to the last boss in the last 24 hours. Like, it's very breezy. You just kind of go through it. Yeah, it's like uh, a four-hour game or something, right? But, dude, that last boss, holy shit. Um, I'm not surprised. The way it seems to escalate, I'm probably, I, I would guess, about halfway through it at this point. Okay. Um, the yeah, way you, it seems to escalate from encounter to encounter leads me to believe that the end game is going to be a nightmare for it's me. A, it is a fascinating action. It's a first-person action game. It's put out by Devolver, which probably tells you something about it right off the bat. Yeah. But to me, it feels like a mashup of like uh, like Devil Daggers, Geometry Wars, and kind mm. of Spider-Man. And I'm kind of I'm lifting some of those comparisons from Patrick Klepek. Because he, he brought this game to me, and he was like, you should check. This is extremely your shit. You should check this oh, out. Oh, this is maybe one of the most Brad games yeah, he I've was, ever played. He was very right about that. But it's like it's like an arena-based first-person action game, like wave-based action game. It's kind of got a story to it, but it's very arcadey. Yeah. But you have one weapon, which is a boomerang, and you throw it, and it comes back to you, and it'll hit enemies on the way back as well. But they immediately start layering more <laughs> mechanics on that. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how... Well, I guess you guys said you're not as far, but, like, right up to the last level of the game, they are still adding new abilities onto the boomerang. Like... Damn near every level, and there's like 12 levels. It's it's pretty short, like I said. Yeah. Like, damn near every level, you've got a new ability unlocking for the boomerang, but the big one is, and they give, 
the, the so you're like right off the bat, like you can slingshot your body to where the boomerang is. Mm, yes. Which means that you throw the boomerang and then hit the button again, and it's the same button even. Like you literally, the throw button is also the slingshot button. So you throw it, immediately just hit fire again, and you immediately launch into the air after it. Right. And the game basically becomes an acrobatic game after that. Like, yes. Like the last three, four levels, you, they're the last, man, the last two levels in the boss fight or whatever, you can't touch the ground. Like it is literally, oh, the floor's lava now. <laughs> you just have to stay in the air constantly. And you are just darting everywhere back and forth all over the place because it is constantly flooding the zone with enemies. Flooding the zone. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Um, <clears throat> it escalates very quickly. I feel like after they, so they give you that, that warp two thing. And then they, I think after that is the time slowing down. Yes. I, yes. When you, so you can charge a throw to make it go farther and then you can, yes, while you're charging your throw, you can slow time down. And bet- yeah. and the, and you get the air break too. So between those three things, they then start having you try to position yourself for weak points on enemies. Yes, uh, which adds this whole layer of not just man- not just escaping and 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 kind of getting distance and navigating the arena, but trying to position yourself tactically to hit a gem on the head or back or underside of an enemy at the yeah. right time, which. Gets to be a lot. Like I made it up to seven or eight, level seven or eight, um, a little past where they introduced the second alt fire uh, on the boomerang. Like you get kind of a shotgun, and then you get kind of a laser, yes. uh, and then you kind of go past. I I played it um, on one of the streams. I, I went a little bit further after that uh, because it started getting. It like becomes a lot to manage because yes, that's like literally what the game is is like threat threat management and avoidance and crowd control and like prioritization. Like you have to make like split second decisions <laughs> constantly about like because there are multiple types of enemies that just spawn more enemies constantly mm-hmm. or projectiles that chase you around. There's a lot of heat seeking stuff in the game and like you literally have to like on the fly come up while you're like literally on the fly in the air. <laughs> come up with a mental checklist of like, okay, there's eight of the guys that are throwing the poison blobs at me that chase that are, they're heat seeking. I've got to get those guys first before I get the other guys that are emitting the squiddies yeah. that fly all over the place. And then like, I've got to get, and there's like big, almost like dinosaur size enemies in some levels that like, there's this giraffe kind of thing. Yeah. That the storm, storm one or the, yeah. Like it walks around the bottom of the level and I'm in a, just in a lap around the arena, but it like, is constantly, yeah. Emitting this like storm cloud, all yeah. the way across the arena. So you literally, when that storm cloud is out, you just can't drop below that height in the arena without taking damage. But you got to get under it. You got to wait for it to <laughs> withdraw briefly, go under there and hit like five weak points on that thing to kill it. Wasn't it, one of the weak points also on top yes, of its head? Yes, so you one have them, to find a way to get above the cloud cover at some yeah, point. Like, like if I don't know how well this game describes, like you need to just go look at some footage of it to get a sense <laughs> yeah. of how it moves because it's so fast. You were just darting in every direction constantly. Like there's like, dozens of enemies in the arena at any given time. Like it is a lot going on. If if we didn't mention before it is first person and, um, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty high contrast game with most of the enemies just kind of being pure black with, uh, like a weak point in red. So what, if they're in your field of view, it's pretty easy to see. I had a little bit of trouble. If you, if you stop moving on the ground, there are enemies that are just going to swarm you from. Yeah, all, all, that's all that's sides. a big that's a big part of where the devil daggers thing comes in for me is not just how many enemies there are, but that both games enemies like glom onto you. Yeah. constantly, incessantly. Yeah. Like they never stop chasing you. So if you stop moving, you're just done. You, you're kind of done. And then um, 
And it's extra dastardly because there's uh, the health points on the map, and like the way you get health recharged is by standing still on one of those right. health yes, points for like two I've, or three uh, seconds. Yes, it takes time to charge that that health back on, and I don't know how many times I have taken a hit trying to get health yep. back. Like it's uh. so the uh, one of the things that they give you that I wound up using earlier, but then once the in the earlier levels, but once the action kind of picked up, I probably should use more is a just recall your boomerang just quickly. Um, it's, you know, it, but it got to the point where I was just, I would hit a guy and then just warp immediately to get out of the position I was in. Uh, and only, but I did use it sometimes when it, it's an interesting push pull. And I think a lot of these work together. So to charge up one of your, uh, or a couple of your power ups, you have to kill a certain amount of enemies in one stroke or, uh, with one thing. So, uh, to do that, I have found you kind of have to either, you know, slow down time and jump and you're lining them up just right. Or a lot of times you could just, I would just make a beeline for the ground, hit those ground enemies and then get, get out of there. But those are the times I just hit them, recall my, my, my blade and then just get the heck out of there and then shotgun or laser beam as many things as possible. And they, they do a good job of having the enemies, at least from what I've gotten up to, which is not near the back 25% of the game, having the enemies be representative of the powers you have against them, right? So, like, right. by the time you get the shotgun thing, you're flooded with these little monsters that are like, ah, I just need the shotgun, these guys. Or the guys that teleport around, and you're like, ah, I need this uh, this railgun uh, weapon. Uh, I can't. It's interesting you say they keep giving you powers because every time I would get to a new level, I'd be like, what are they going to give me next? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but then once they gave me an upgrade to the shotgun thing, the railgun thing, then I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go down this path for a little bit. That, that's okay. I, the one uh, the one you get in the back half of the game that is like game changing is if you get three midair kills without touching the ground, uh, you charge something called blaze. Okay. Which means that when when either when you do touch the ground after you charge it or if you take a hit from an enemy... Especially like when you get hit by the enemy, instead of taking damage, you will just explode like in a big AOE. And it's but not lose a, your life. No, no, you don't lose. You don't lose health. Okay. That's the thing. So it's like a free hit, basically. Like once, oh. if you if you charge that and then stay in the air, because like I said, you discharge it if you touch the ground. Yeah, right. But if you charge it and make sure you never touch the ground, you've essentially got a free hit banked that will just AOE like kill everything around you if you take a hit. Like it's it's huge because like, dude, <laughs> like you were talking about that frog boss being a pain. Yeah, like do I want to hear what you if, if are you going to play more of this? Because if so, I want to hear what you think of the last like four levels. Because holy shit, I, it might be a thing I dip back into. It's one of those diminishing return things, though, or or self fulfilling. I will never be never beat this prophecies because I've gotten to the point where it gets very the runs get frustrating enough where I'm put it down and I need to take a break. But the longer I don't play it, you know, yes. the, the worse yes. I get. At There's it. serious like muscle memory. Yeah. in this game and also like you know remembering the enemy patterns and how they behave and how you should deal with them and stuff like that like and there's enough I've, going on to yeah to have to know like i i'm not trying to be all like oh, my first person skills or whatever but like you know i've played a lot of quake right yeah so yeah. like i i pretty much blazed through the whole game up to the last like level and a half oh wow like i don't think i died until the last level i died quite a bit like quite a number of times but i bring that the only reason i really bring that up is to say that the difficulty spike in the last like two levels and the last boss is like, I can't, I cannot beat that last boss. Like, Oh wow. I spent, I spent 30 minutes on the level before the last boss doing it over and over and getting increasingly angry. And then I I have currently, I have given up on that last boss. I'll get back to it, but it is 
fucked, man. It is really hard. Did you um did you play with mouse and keyboard or yes. a controller? Yes, I can't. So I played a little bit on the Switch okay. handheld, and like it doesn't perform. I feel like that's like the standard thing about Switch games now. <laughs> like yeah, I was gonna say that one seemed like it would suffer. A, it doesn't perform super well. B, like the Joy Cons. I mean, you can play it on you know like a Pro Controller, and I'm sure it would be somewhat better. But like the Joy Cons are not really up to the task of the precision this game wants. It does right. have. Like, I noticed in the PC options, you can actually set it for mouse difficulty or controller difficulty. Oh, I didn't um, see that. Okay. Yeah, so, so um, it probably, I assume it defaults to whatever you're using. Hmm. But, but like, you you notice it on the Switch. Like, it's got pretty generous auto-aim the little bit I played. Like yes, it, it, I played with a controller and it had some good auto-aim. You can, like, see it sort of drag your, <laughs> drag your cursor toward the target pretty obviously. So, like, that helps there, but... I switched back and forth, and in the end, I wound up making more progress with the controller, probably because of some of the assist stuff on right. it. Um, but the you know being able to whip the mouse around was yes, very that helpful. is that is key for me. Like I end up having to use a lot of slowdown with the mouse because you have to. There is no auto aim, so you really have to line up those weak point shots. Yeah. Um, but it's specifically it's spinning those one eighties or specific like being able to like because you know you are you are traveling in the direction you are looking right because yeah. you are throwing the boomerang straight ahead and then following it, and so you have to like. There will be moves where you like you you do like three lateral moves in a row, like yeah. horizontal, and then immediately need to whip straight up ninety degrees and go and, and shoot yourself straight up to get away from whatever's coming at you. So like having having that quick pan on the mouse is like critical for me. I will say one thing that is kind of throwing me off, and this is not a problem with the game, and more just me and my frantic brain. But <clears throat> sometimes I tend to double click when I don't mean to. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, just as a, like a pure instinct. So I will sometimes just want to be throwing, but then I will accidentally throw myself in the direction of the enemies, and that's not really something I've, you want to be doing. So that, that's that. going to take some practice for me to get over. Yeah, you have to restrain yourself from not just teleporting every single time you throw yeah. the thing. Yeah. There, are like, there are enemies where like you kill them or they're projectiles, and it leaves like a big damaging cloud behind. So like, you, you want to stay out of that. And then teleport straight into that. That's bad. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, and, and there are quite a number of buttons you'll be hitting. The slowdown, the retrieve, the... Um, you you also have a jump, uh, which you you could use. Um. Yeah, like I, 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 a I never use that thing because why would you when you can just like fling yourself all over the place? But yeah. b like, so the game has a story. Like it's it's weird. It's just kind of odd. Like you're descending into the underworld of this like insect race, <clears throat> like this fallen like kingdom. Mantis people, like yeah. this fallen fallen kingdom of mantis people. But you it's wash a up on Metroidish, you know, a like bit. the Chozo, like sure. But you you wash up on a beach like the game starts like yeah it's a sunny beach you're on a sailboat and then you sh- shipwreck and stuff but like anyway when you start on that beach like I knew exactly who this game was for the moment I hit spacebar <laughs> right because you jump like an inhuman leap yes. forward like it is such a ridiculous exaggerated jump move that like I it, like it feels like a game made by and for speedrunners basically mm, like right it, it feels it feels like a game that is designed around like people who like to exploit game physics, except they went ahead and exploited the game physics for you as part right. of the, as part of the core move set. Like it's really over the top like that. It's super fun to, to really chain all that stuff together. Are, are you a mummy in this game <laughs> I, or you just I, have tape fists? Like I literally was like the, practically the first mental note I made coming into this podcast when I was playing this game was to ask like, why are you a mummy in this game? Like you do appear to be wrapped in bandages. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, uh, it was a really bad shipwreck. Who knows? I wish I could. I wish I could say what the ending is after you beat it because I couldn't quite get there, and I would like to know. <laughs> but um, I wasn't. Uh, I was not sold on the art style at first. It's very like. Oh, I, I liked like, it right away. Well, it, it, so it, it really clicked for me later on. I, th- I feel like it's part of this wave of like 
mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Like mm. there's this, you know, a bunch of indie games right now that are trying to look like PlayStation one games or quick yeah, blocky polygons or yeah, like that kind of thing. So it's like low poly and like low texture detail, but it's the, the thing about it is the lighting is like super duper flat. There are like no shadows on anything. Like everything right. is like full bright yeah. lit up all the time. But then a, that makes me realize, like you said, the enemies being so dark, like that really helps the the dark enemies stand out against the really bright backgrounds. Um, but also they just do some really interesting environmental design stuff later on with these gigantic caverns with like crystals poking out all over the place <laughs> and like really elaborate mine shafts and stuff. You'll see as you get into the game anyway, like the, the, the point is I think they, they really bring the aesthetic together with the level designs later on and some of the really fantastic kind of spaces that they design. Yeah. yeah I, I remember. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Ahead, I was just going to say visually uh, the thing I can't fault it for is I, you know, I could see the enemies. I could see the weak points usually. And, and that's important when you're trying to get behind or on top or below an enemy for that weak point. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. Even for me with, you know, being, colorblind with red green stuff it was it was pretty pretty good on default at least as far as i could tell to yeah, cause, see all that stuff stand out right because there are there are some enemies that like constantly face you and you have to dash behind them to hit yeah. them but but the, you only have like a three second window to hit their weak point before they'll turn around again so yeah, yeah. you really have to be on top of some of those skill shots um I, it's it, just it is a blast to play for me like i mean it's very fun there have been some times when i kind of hit a wall and burned out and had to turn it off for a few minutes but like you definitely can hit that like flow state of kind of, you know, your upper brain turns off and you're just kind of going on instinct, flying yeah. around all over the place, just knocking stuff out left and right. Like, it feels so good when you really get into it. It's a game that definitely knows what it has and how to go about making it both translatable to the player and just like, you know, like it has a, like I, it's like I said, I, I can sense that game getting very hard, even as I'm kind of where I am, like at the halfway mark, but like the escalations make sense the way they sort of layer the new abilities on top with each, you know, new section, I think is really smart. Like, it just feels like they they really worked on making sure that everything about that felt pretty much right. Yeah. Uh, that is, it is $20. It yeah. is, um, mm-hmm. so it's on Switch and PC. Is it on? I would on- say play on PC, just based yes. on some of the, the little bits I've heard about people playing the Switch version. Uh, yeah, is, it, is it on ideal. other consoles currently? No, not as yet. Okay. It's like kind of a thing for a lot of indie games these days is just do PC and Switch up front because I think Switch is like the de facto indie console for a lot of people now, but like mm. Well it is. And Nintendo was very aggressive about going out and signing a bunch of those deals a while totally. ago. I don't know if they still are, but they were at least a couple of years ago. Like totally, and like a lot of games that totally makes sense for because they run just fine on the Switch and are very playable and handheld and stuff like that. But this game in particular I don't think is very suited yeah. to those controls or handheld or the performance of that thing. And yeah, it's a shame. This this would have been a lot better on PlayStation and Xbox, but twenty bucks, uh, Boomerang I, X. Yeah, I assume it'll run on anything. Like it is so graphically simplistic. I assume it runs very well on damn near any PC out there. Yeah. Uh, but do you remember? Um, you remember Crawl? Yes. The movie v- vaguely. And they yeah. call it, they, his weapon's called a glaive. Yes. Yes, that sounds right. The flingy, the flingy boomerang knife yes! thing. Yes, is this That's what not? This is. is this not the 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 crawls? It, it kind of is. It's a, but a glaive. If you look up a glaive, it's not really doesn't really look like that. It's like a polearm kind of thing. Yeah, no, an actual glaive is like a big axe. So, do I, when I think of a glaive of, from crawl, have I been have I been wrong this whole time? 
Yes. Oh. Yeah. Kroll lied to you? Right, have you ever seen Kroll? I have not. Wow. Wow. Uh, dude, Kro- the Kr- Kroll is not even in the like, top 20 of movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> was it you? No, it was Abby who didn't see The Abyss, right? I haven't seen yes. The Abyss either. Oh my goodness gracious. Wait, well, you haven't seen The Abyss? <laughs> no. I love James Whoa. Cameron, but for whatever reason, I don't know. Wow. Think about, th- think about if they followed the Titanic all the way down. Oh, if, they, if the movie I didn't see end. where you're... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, if they, Wait, what if Ed the, Harris was there? You're saying I should watch Titanic and then immediately watch The Abyss? Yeah, so you, there's a full cut like uh, like The Godfather where they do it, and it's just it, they rearrange it so that it's, the ship goes under, and then you follow Leonardo DiCaprio down, and then it cuts, it pans out, and there's their shuttle going down with the people from The Abyss at Harris okay. through the porthole window. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Jaws. If you want to talk about aquatic movies that any I should have Jaws, seen. no none. Jaws, none. How did you spend I mean, your childhood only one Jaws outside? You need what'd you to do? see, but Jaws 3D. Uh, that would be the second choice, I would say. But uh, boy, wow. Okay, we How got many, some work ahead of us. Are there me. five Jaws's now? Four, four. There's at least four. I don't remember if they made a fifth or not. Okay, unless you count Jaws Unleashed, the video game, which I don't. <laughs> Have you been talked to about Jaws? Has somebody had a talk with you about Jaws? <laughs> somebody have the Jaws talk with me? Somebody tell because Jaws won, hell of a movie, one of the uh, greatest movies ever made. What if it, and then it goes, then it goes a little off. Oh, like, it's a steep decline. <laughs> steep it's, it's decline. Precipitated. It, it really like you know how people debate Terminator and Terminator Two or debate Aliens and Aliens. Like, mm-hmm. well, which one's the psychological it's, thriller? Which one's the action movie? There's there's really no debate about. Not a lot of room for interpretation about the ranking of Jaws's. No, I don't think so. Not really. It's one becomes one is like the shark and it's silly, but it's more of like, you don't see the shark in this. You've heard all this, right? About the movie, the movie, the shark looked dumb. So they Wait, cut it out. A shark? What? <laughs> I say then, there's more, there's more merit in debating which of the earnest movies is best than there is one of the Jaws movies. I've Everyone, seen, there's just not even an argument. I have seen, I have seen 100% more earnest movies than I have Jaws movies. Wow. Which earnest movie wow. did you see? Oh gosh. Um, I'm sure I saw Ghost Camp. Mm, okay. That's, that's, that's the first one, right? Or it's at least the one that everybody knows, right? No? Yeah, it's either first or second, but yes, I think that is, I think that is the first official earnest movie. Which is, what's what's the one with the milk? Is that Scared <laughs> Stiff? The Halloween scared one? Scared Stupid. Scared Stupid? Scared Stupid. There's, there doesn't milk play a significant role in that movie? <laughs> it's been a while, but I think you might be correct about okay, that. Okay, okay. Whichever one has the, the milk. I have seen an earnest movie probably since I just turned double-digit age. Uh, okay. I always felt so bad for him because he was like a classically trained actor. I mean, he, he made his money. Jim serious. Barney got his money. He got his Toy Story money. He's ha- he was happy. Oh, okay, for his life. sure. I guess he did other stuff, but just to be kind of typecast as this as that character, <laughs> he had like serious dramatic aspirations. Did we ever see Vern? Like, is, no. there, is there any movie where he like? No. Okay. Vern is is a an ethereal concept. Hmm. Didn't didn't that Ernest character come out of like a car dealership commercial or something like that? It came out of something. I don't remember what it was though, but it was it definitely originated elsewhere and then became a movie series. Hmm. He yes. passed a while ago, right? Series of television. Oh yeah. He, yes. He Jim Varney died some years back. Ages ago. Well, Boomerang X, twenty dollars. Yes. It's very good. It's very it's 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 very good for a certain kind of person. Like if you're not into like very twitchy, fast paced shooters that require a ton of precision, 
then you're probably not going to find much to like here. But you know what? I'm normally not one of those people, but I am having fun with this. Okay, so maybe, I think maybe there is still some merit to it. Maybe if, there is more crossover appeal there than I thought. And if you, if you are curious what this looks like, I played uh, I played about, probably about an hour, an hour and a half. You can go check out um, uh, youtube.com slash nextlander. I almost like, I, I, I mean, we had to record this podcast, so I didn't, but I damn near threw on a rage stream this morning so i could stream oh, myself that would be good trying to beat the last boss because i just wanted some validation i was just like can you believe this shit like look at what they were asking that. me to do here this is nonsense uh, uh you can see some not high level play you, you can you can watch a uh, uh old man try to come to grips uh with with the the demands of a it's okay shooter. it's a it's a natural part of life we'll, we'll right. talk about it and we'll yeah. get there uh, the other thing I, I spent time doing uh, was trying to finish Final Fantasy VII Remake, but the game just doesn't want to end. It just... Mm. Just more value for your money. Won't mm. stop. So much video game. I think, um, well, this doesn't sound like a lot for a Final Fantasy game, but I think I'm like 30 plus hours in at this oh, point. Oh, is that it? I had yeah. I've- for some reason, in my head, that gets this like a 50, 60 hour game. I don't know. I think it is I, if you just do every side quest. But I've done every side quest. You did oh. everything? Okay. As far right. as I, I mean, listen, when you talk about do everything, that I like dodge lightning bolts for four, four hours? No. Like, did I? I, I did that. <laughs> I did take the stairs uh, when I was, uh, when I got to the Shinra building. So I, I, I didn't want to miss, don't want to miss a thing. But uh, no, I, I think I. I think I've tried to do everything I can. I have even reloaded a save because I saw a treasure chest I couldn't get to <laughs> after a point and was like, oh, man, I'm locked out of this thing. For those who know, it was with Tifa and it was the the purple uh, uh, gloves. And I saw the chest after a point and was like, wait, I can't get back up there. And then I reloaded and uh, went back. I some mean, if, st- if, stuff if, is if skippable, actual, some is not. Yeah, if it's, if it's an actual weapon, that's totally valid, right? It's like an JR- awesome weapon. JRPG rules, that might be the only place those, those, that weapon exists in the entire game, right? I, I assume it is. The, the way they give out weapons in that game is a little odd in, in terms of um, sometimes you get them from uh, the vending machine. They're just in, the, in a certain vending machine. I don't mm-hmm. know if they will Wait, always be in that vending machine. Vending machines have weapons? I think so, oh, yeah. Oh, crap. I've been skipping over vending machines because I thought it was just potions and antidotes and stuff. No, they'll have oh, weapons and, and uh, I forget what they call them. There's like the uh, bracer slot. There's the mm-hmm. uh, amulet slot. I forget what the, the actual names are. It's accessory and something yes, else. Yes, the accessories. I, I, maybe they don't have actual. I think they do, though, have actual weapons. Uh, and then they have uh, materia in them and they um, and the potions and stuff. And you always got to check for the discount on the on the potions. And then you get them. I mean, we got so many Moogle charms. I don't know. This game better carry over all my goddamn Moogle charms uh, into the next one. I, I went looking for that after last week's podcast because we, I think we maybe speculated about that a little bit. Yeah. There is no inf- official information as far as I could find, but like the incidental chatter out there, I don't see a lot of people assuming the save is coming over. Wait, what? Yeah. Like the, I don't know. The general sentiment seemed to be like, yeah, there's no way they're doing a save import. Wait. <laughs> They couldn't even figure out how to get saves between the PS4 and PS5 versions of the same game. Dude, you really I mean, want like, them trying to advance that stuff in the, a new the, game? The PS4 to PS5 save transfer for 7 Remake is by far the oh, worst I have seen, gosh. and that is a that is really a high bar. 
It is on the PS5. You have to manually do one save at a time. That's, so that's you, what it is. You have to open up your PS4 version, load the save into the hopper, like in the chamber. Yes, then, you can only <laughs> the, cl- the cloud slot only has one slot at a time. So if you have more than one save slot you want to transfer, you have to do each one. Each and- one, and then and then go to your PS5, unload, unpack it from the cloud, take it down, close that version, go back to the PS4 version, load another one. Did you? I, and. I only had three plus an autosave, so I just did them all. I think if I had had more, I would have stopped. I would not have done it. Um, I would have done just I'm, I'm actually one. really glad I started here and I did not have a PS4 version to worry about because I don't know that I would have even wanted to do that. It was very silly. That that whole thing is just extremely silly. I mean, oh. they're already uploaded to the cloud anyway on my I, PSN account. But not their cloud. No. Their I want to say, God, what game was it? I was going to kill me if I can't think of the game because they deserve credit. I think I think there is a PS5 upgraded game that was able to just recently import your PS4 save with no other nothing. Like, hey, like, hey, just download your PS4 save from the cloud as long as it is local on your PS5. We oh, can import it and make it a PS5 save. What game was that? I don't know. I feel like most things have done that for me. I no, like but most like no man's the exception. No man's, like a lot of a lot of most most uh, upgraded games on the PS4 or PS5. Like you have to. Like Dude. go to the PS4 version, and oh. it's usually a one-time thing. Like right. Sky or Spider-Man, I want to say was the same way. Mm. It's just a one-time hit this button once in the PS4 version, and we will transfer it all over. Oh, right, yes, yes, yes. Just kind uh, of release your saves to the right. But I, I want to say I cannot remember. There was some game that just straight up was like, as long as it's on the PS5 somewhere, we'll find it and import it. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, that that game we talked a little bit about it last time, and I've um, so I'm I up we to talked more than a little bit about it last time. <laughs> Uh, the, I'm up to chapter 17 now. I, I did not look up to see exactly how long it was going to go, but I, I, in my heart of hearts, I really thought we were going to end things at chapter 16. Uh, it did not. Uh, and I think I have passed the point of no return. They do tell you like, Hey, once we do this, we're not going back. Right. And I was like, cool. I'm wrapping up here. Let's get to the, we're going to do this. And that was about five hours ago. Hmm. Uh, so those chapters, you didn't think it was going to be that easy. Did you, I, I thought from my memory of final fantasy seven, I kind of thought like where we should wrap this up. Um, in and terms how, of, in terms of, you mean like in terms of the events of the original story in terms of the events and how long that portion is, but yeah. I should, I should have known by now that, that all bets are off. And well, uh, so I, I want to ask, but I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> like, like I guess walk around this a little bit. Cause I am going to finish this game. Come hell or mm. high water. I'm, I'm making my way through it as well, but are you in Nomura land now? Like, has it diverged? Like is weird shit going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, it, it, it got, it got into the, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm past the part where, um, we're, we're talking, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to dance around it. I'm, we're past the part where we're in the purely political realm of, uh, of, of eco terrorists. So we're, we're definitely past that part. Uh, and, you know, I thought that would probably be around where we're going to cut this one, right? Like we're going to we're going to get past that, we're going to have a big reveal and then it'll be like tune in next time. I I mean, there's a sequence I was waiting for that, that you know, when you when you go past a certain lobby, it is foreshadowed and then uh-huh. you go and I was waiting for that and be like, "Okay, I'll be back here in 20 minutes." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh no, this is <laughs> this is taking way longer than I thought." Because they they had to insert some Kingdom Hearts in there, um. So yeah, there's is a. It, 
I, I, again, like I shouldn't be asking about. Well, this so, stuff we could talk offline. About I, want, it. I want to see it for myself. Well, no, I want to see it for myself. But like, is it the weird spectral ghoul shit paying off? Like, is that? So is that not that, in the original? Does that go places? Because no, absolutely not. Like, um, all the weird, okay. like shrouded, like death monsters. I couldn't that show remember. Up and, like, I couldn't remember if that's in the original or not. Uh, like, does it pay like, off? Whisp- I'm too- whispered a cloud in this sleep and stuff like that. Like. You find out the nature of it, but you, okay. I, I don't. I can't say if it pays off or not, because it's it's still very early. I mean, I think we talked a, again a lot about this last time. Um, I don't know how they're going to pull this whole thing off in under forty five years. Like the the amount <laughs> oh. of time they have taken, unless they are going to just release side content to fill in a lot of the side quest stuff that happened in the game, like parallel between development of the main games. That maybe then, but I don't know, how, Brian. Well, how would, what would you say this this portion takes up in the not much? I mean, like getting out of Midgar is basically the. I started to say the prologue of the original. That's not really accurate. I mean, you do spend a handful of hours there, but it is definitely the opening sequence of the game. Yeah. Right? Like, the, like uh-huh. you don't really like you don't hear. It, maybe this is the barometer. You don't hear the main theme of Final Fantasy VII, like the overworld music, until you get out of Midgar, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if, unless I'm remembering wrong, like that's kind of, you know, by the standards of the series, like that's the point where the game has really started. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm very interested. I like what I'm playing. Uh, I think it is padded too much for my taste. Yeah, Though, that's the problem I'm having with it. For um, sure. You know, there's no random encounters, but they just they have forced encounters. So like you run into an arena room and you fight five monsters, and then you run another ten feet and you fight another monsters. You know, there's no. There's no invisible monsters that you have random encounters with uh, right now, but it's kind of nets out the same, I guess. I I, I don't know. I used to hate I, random encounters in games, but mm. um, I, yeah. I like the combat a lot. I I got a little so I got a little tired of it um, once stuff once I wanted to be more tactical and um, and use more synergy between the characters, and I found them being kind of dopes on the AI. Uh, a, a little sure. bit being like don't st- he's gonna discharge his thing i gotta switch to you i gotta run you back and um and uh at some point i was trying to get all the combat data done for that the kid who wants all the combat data so i had to do very particular things i don't know if you've been doing this as well in your playthroughs but just equipping the weapon so you learn the proficiency of the of the thing and just be like okay i gotta spam this attack five times so i can get it and then switch off this weapon some of that stuff I don't hate the combat. I think two things I really dislike. One is getting knocked out of an animation when you're casting and then you lose both the active time bar and it didn't cast the spell or do the ability. Yeah. I think that really, that's too harsh a penalty. Like do one or the other, right? If you don't cast, give me back my, you know, ATB or cast the spell that. And then, um, I, I think sometimes the characters are, are, are dopey. They do dopey Yes, things. they are very dopey. Even in like yeah. the early goings I have found, they can be very dopey. Yeah, and um, you know, you can switch which character you're playing as and all that stuff. But yeah, generally, I don't mind it. Like, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting mix of action and RPG. It, would you call this a JRPG? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's, what defines it's a JRPG a, at that it's point? It's got a turn-based mode right in there. You just play it on classic mode. <laughs> Skip all the action I haven't stuff done that entirely. at all. Um, I, wait, I don't, how do you turn that on? I don't know. I doubt you can toggle it mid-game. They ask you when you start the game. They, oh, they ask, I don't do you want to do you want to play on normal mode or normal classic? Mm. Classic, classic kind of has no action. 
I was mm-hmm. I was a little weirded out playing it because it's got a dodge, it's got block, you know, it's got counters, like it's got yeah. sort of Devil May Cry like action, like character action style features to it, right? Yeah. But like you kind of can't play it that way and expect to play perfectly, you know? It's like, oh, like you're too slow, their attacks are too fast, the AoEs are too big, you just can't dodge everything. Yeah. Like you can't. And I kind of I kind of had to recenter my expectations around like, oh, this is still a JRPG because like in those games, like you just take hits, all right? Yeah. Like you don't, you can't dodge everything in a JRPG. You just stand there and take the damage right? And, and have to manage your heals and stuff like that. And like, that's kind of what this is replicating, even though it is a more action-based thing. Like it kind of creates some weird expectations there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a weird thing though, where you're like running behind enemies though, right? Where you're like trying to get out of the, uh, the, um, sites and also you can whiff on a special like you could just right. miss yes yes uh or or uh you know you're you're going into your special animation and then your other character knock the enemy past its trigger point so that it is now invulnerable or it shoots up into the air and suddenly you have whiffed on your uh your limit break that you just spent you know four battles building up because the enemy just went up into the air to go do a dance uh for its second phase <laughs> yeah it's like ah come on yeah, anyway. I, don't, I don't. I don't mind that stuff too much. I just all. I take it all as kind of tactical considerations you have to keep in mind. I, I would mind it less. Uh, sorry, I would mind it more. But they are pretty forgiving with, hey, if you die during this battle, do you just want to restart from the start of the battle? Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll just we'll just kind of refund you everything, and we'll just yeah. pretend that didn't happen. I think yeah. I think it shines the most with like big boss fights, like that big aerobot uh, boss. You know that's about? The big that's uh, in the reactor, right? Yes. Yeah. Stuff like that, like big long fights with multiple phases, and they have mm-hmm. like elemental resistances and, and weaknesses that you have to exploit and like put them in stagger states and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I like the stagger stuff. I, I, the pressured and staggered, and yeah. um, I, I've actually really enjoyed manipulating that system and and exploiting that, that it. stuff. That stuff is straight out of Final Fantasy Thirteen, which had a way better combat model than most people gave it credit for. Hmm. Yeah, I like that stuff. I think also the benches are pretty plentiful in terms of getting your health back. And um, I just, when we hit the slum and you get all those like side yeah, missions. It's, it's, it's beyond even that. I mean, I know we talked about some last week, but that's, I, I would be deeper into this now and I am going to finish it. I really want to see where it goes. Like I've been curious ever since I heard like, oh, they changed things in some really strange ways. And like, like, you know, seeing people say, like, I don't see how Aerith could die in the next installment based on what they've done here. And I'm like, what the fuck mm. did mm. they do to this if they're going to change the story that fundamentally? So I have to see it. But, like, the way that they've padded this thing out is just brutal in some spots. And I don't even, I don't just mean, like, those those actual delineated side quests in the slums like we talked about last time. Yeah. But, like, but it's even, like... You know, maybe you don't have to depict every train ride to and from every mission that they do. <laughs> like, maybe there was some more interesting stuff you could have come up with to fill the extra time here between the story beats that are from the original game. Like, I'm I'm nowhere near where you guys are at. Like, I'm I'm th- I think I just got up to chapter six. And is that the that's the second reactor mission? I think it is. Yeah, and like it's. I'm even I'm finding and I think this might be more based on the fact that I have absolutely no familiarity with that game outside of just the you know the what I've gleaned from the internet and people talking about it over the years um the pacing of it is just all over the goddamn place like I there are encounters I'm really enjoying there are scenes that I am really enjoying but a lot of the in-between stuff is just tedious to me and I'm 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 starting to lose some serious steam playing this thing because it is just I don't know, like, I just, I'm not, like, there was an initial, like, 
hey, this is cool. This is a really nice looking game. There's some neat ideas with the combat here. I'm willing to let this story kind of hit me and see if it if it hits me the way it hit people who are nostalgic for this thing or not. But like, I don't know that I, as someone coming into this fresh, I don't know that this has it for me. I don't know that there's enough keeping me glued to it to want to trudge through what feels like a lot of trudging. I I think for me so far the best part, my favorite part has been the, the Cloud Aerith stuff uh, and and those those portions of the game. I just really like that dynamic. We'll see by the end of the game how much it um, changes. I am very curious also to see where it goes. I did, yeah. I mentioned I reloaded a part because I wanted to get a, a chest. There was a traversal part that was so boring that <laughs> I, I, got, I got up and just held forward on the stick while I started to make myself a sandwich and just uh, wow. held forward for about- One-handed sandwich making? Uh, I just, I think I put the, the thing where I just hold it down and I'm like, yeah, like putting toast in the toaster. And wow. I could hear in the back, she's like, almost there. <laughs> you know, like, just, just about there. Did uh, you have time to finish your sandwich before the sequence completed? That's the I, question. I did not, no. But then there's like hand over hand, like monkey bar stuff that is so long. And it's just mm. like, oh, geez. Actually, the bigger question, what was on the sandwich? Ham. Just ham? ham. Just ham. Nothing and, else? Well, ham, tomato, mayonnaise, mustard, and some lettuce. Okay. Uh, no, that's, that's a sandwich. Good. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's, that's a fairly... You know, I'm not going to say that's an elaborate sandwich, but it's no. not nothing. You got to no. use a knife to that's, cut that that's, tomato. That's something. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I got. I had to cut the ham. I had to slice the ham and uh, slice the tomato. Sliced up. I have uh, gotten into slicing up the lettuce. Um, in uh, like mm. I'll roll up. I like shredded lettuce. I like I'll roll up the lettuce and then dice it up into like shredded lettuce and then sprinkle it on the sandwich. Uh, Interesting. Huh. Instead of a leaf of lettuce. Yeah, I like a leaf. Yeah, I I. I don't know why, but there's something a little fancier about it. Like a little, it's got like a little, little bulk to it now. I don't know. Wait, something. wait, do you have a deli slicer? How are you cutting the ham? Like you guys a are knife. just buying, a, you're buying, you're not buying ham. You're buying a ham. Yes. It is not uh it is a small ham. I should say okay. it is not, it is not like the ham you'd get at the, at the deli. This ain't it your is, Christmas ham. Yeah. This isn't, you, uh, you feel confident it is one animal and not several. Yeah, so we 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 have this like meat CSA from uh, upstate New York, uh, and so they will deliver a um, a smaller ham uh, than take ham the, to the home ham ham right to the home every wow. every home a ham, um, and so like they uh, so you just you just slice cut off a little slice. I have a little scale, you know, I weigh out my ham, and uh, that's it. Sometimes I'm better at it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I can get it real thin. Sometimes it's just a hunk. A three ounce hunk of ham goes on the sandwich. That's, you know, that's what it is. Is that how you would describe yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake? A three ounce hunk of ham? No, it's a lot more ham than that. Okay, no, it's a that's a ten quarter. pounder right there. So yeah, a lot of meat on the bones. The the grade of the meat. Yeah, perhaps yeah. variable. It, they are water injecting that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of water okay, weight in that right, one. We can work this metaphor out. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that weighs a lot, but mm, the nutritional value, I don't know, is there. Mm, but so I, great. I, like, again, like, I am enjoying it. Yeah, like like for example, the uh, would you ha- you you go on that nighttime run to help the what is the name of the team? Like the the Jesse Biggs Wedge Squad. I guess it's just Avalanche. Like they're yeah, they're just part for, of Avalanche. I mean, like also, I mean, if you don't remember, like they were barely characters in the original game, like barely. Um, so like they do flesh them out here, but anyway, you do, you go on that nighttime run to help them like rob a warehouse or whatever, and you stop by her parents' house, and like. They don't really get into it, but like her dad is like incapacitated. He's like comatose in a hospital yeah. bed, and and like 
he was in some kind of like Mako exposure incident and stuff like that. I was like, okay, there's some like narrative texture going on. Like maybe they're actually going to like flesh her family situation out in an interesting way. But you spend like 10 times more in that whole time in that whole sequence, like sneaking into and out of the house, like slowly walking around behind buildings, like just going to and from places. And then like you get into that story stuff and they barely even expand on it. You know, like, yeah, just like the, the ratio, the ratio of interesting stuff to like tedium is just off. And again, I, I, I really do think there, it feels like there is a solid 15 to 20 hour game in here, but like everything that they did to try and build that out, because there is an expectation level around the genre and this game in particular that I just, I think that, it was probably the right choice for their audience, but for someone like me coming into it fresh, like it's just it's off-putting in a way that I think is just making it not fun for me. Yeah, I could see it. Like the the nostalgia, the the drive to see how they recreated everything is like a big part of what's propelling me through it. Yeah, I think so, that's so interesting. If you don't have that, I could see that being kind of an issue. It's interesting for you to say that, Alex. Also, knowing that you enjoy and engage with the yakuza and judgment stuff that has very long side stories very oh definitely very lengthy character development like it's not like you're averse to that it's no just, not in the slightest not hitting for you yeah no it's not hitting for me and that's the thing is that like I'd, I'd had a couple of people describe this to me as you know not necessarily in in quality of content but in structure the way you go around you do and you help people out in the slums had some similarity to the way side stories are done in yakuza but the problem there is that with a few exceptions, most Yakuza side stories, even when they're long, are generally pretty good. Like, there's mm-hmm. good, weird characters. There's a lot of stuff kind of going around the edges that is at least silly or funny. You know, like, it's it's varied. Whereas this stuff doesn't feel like it really has any soul to it. Like, <laughs> like the, the stuff that they've kind of just put into the side content just doesn't really have a lot of flavor. It's just kind of there. And like the character interactions aren't interesting enough, I think, to to sustain that. I'm um I'll wrap up by saying I'm excited to I haven't heard a lot of the intermission feedback. Uh the the you, you feed, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I haven't yeah I haven't heard too many people talking about it. Um but I, I'm curious to see how that works into everything once we're all done here as well. Yeah, Again, I want to see that DLC too. I want to see, I want to see like new characters in a new setting with these yeah. mechanics and see what they did with that stuff, especially cuz I think they made all this part up from nothing, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like I don't think this is this is not like a story beat from 7 that they turned into DLC is what I mean. I think it's a totally new story. All right. A uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh we'll we'll maybe have some uh, further thoughts as we finish up. I think I'm pretty. Cl- I could either be five minutes away from finishing it or four hours. It's just I'm yeah, not exactly impossible sure. to know. Uh, impossible to know. But uh, maybe I'll get into that um, intermission DLC for next time, and then uh, we'll probably have about a seven year break before we get the next one. Uh, remake Part Two. You think they call it something silly? I don't know. I I I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is such a terrible name. It's it is a, it it's is, but at the so same time, clumsy. it's 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 correct technically it is yeah it's very descriptive you're not wrong but i just feel like you could have come in like even intergrade is an interesting name for something you know like yeah they could have come up with something a little more elegant there but you know just wait until the third part and then they can call it three make uh and then we'll be back on track all right should we take a break before we come back and head into uh the news that we want to have one thing i just wanted to very briefly touch on before we do uh i finished ratchet and clank i'm done with it oh all right. How did, what did you think of the wrap up? 
I thought it was good. It's got a pretty decent final battle sequence. Uh, you know, it's challenging without being too overbearing. Uh, there's some really good stuff with a giant uh, nefarious mech suit that I, I enjoyed. And they, they play around a little bit more with some of the portal stuff during that final battle yeah. uh, in, in a way that I think benefits it. Uh, it's not surprising. Like, they, they, there's no big twist at the end. It's just kind of like, you know, no, it wraps up the way you think the story will, but it's done well. I think they they do a like my overall assessment is they do a real good job with Rivet and Kit. I think those are mm. are two very good additions to the series. I think that if you want to do more with those characters in addition to Ratchet and Clank in the future, there is a bright future there. And you know, I I I'm glad I saw it through to the end because I had fun with it pretty much the whole way through. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just add. Uh, I, I don't think they changed the formula by the end, but uh, no, the set pieces are not. fun. Yeah, it's kind of the thing about that game that I kept having to remind myself because there was like kind of a lot of hype around its release was that like, you know, they've been making these games pretty steadily for a while and know? they've never not, really changed in a huge way. You that's know? that's the that's the thing is like, I, you know, I think it was just benefiting from that PS5 uplift of there aren't a lot of games out for that console right now. And so people are very excited every time there is one. Right. Yeah. But, I'm. But but again, I had to remind myself, it's like, oh, right, they opened a whole second studio to keep make, making Ratchet games. Like, they never stopped making Ratchet games, you know, but like... There were some lulls, but yeah. Right, I mean, but, you know, they've been fairly steady for a while, and like, but this this is the first one that I've seen this much fanfare around. Yeah, I get it. I, I do think it benefits a lot from timing. Uh, it being yes. a launch window game in an era when there were almost no launch games, period. Uh, it certainly, you know, has a little more gleam on it because yeah. of that. Actually, I mean, when I think back to the PS5 launch, though, like, it's kind of a pretty strong launch as historical console launch lineups go. Like, I think the, you know, triple whammy of Astro's Playroom, Miles Morales, and the Demon Souls remake is, like, pretty strong. <laughs> it's not bad. Right out of the mm. gate. I, 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 I liked Miles Morales a lot, but I... Even I acknowledge that, like, they really just kind of took that Spider-Man game and cut a lot of the cruft out of it. Totally. I mean, like, you know, to be fair, like, I guess in every one of those cases, like, one of those is a very short free game. One of them is a remake of a PS3 yeah. game. Yeah. The other one, the other one was sort of like a DLC expansion for an existing game made into a full release. Yeah, uh, Astro's kind of the only unknown quantity in that one. That's, and that's fair. And that's not that's even fair. completely unknown because they made that really good PSVR game too. So it's not yeah. crazy that they made uh, yeah, good but game. I feel like It's very different. But but what that thing turned out to be in terms of the nostalgia and the kind of yeah. celebration of like PlayStation history was very unexpected. But you uh, know, I mean I think I think with the exception of Returnal, which uh I, I thought was good but did not really hit for me the same way. I think Ratchet was kind of the heralding of like, here's our big, you know, mm -hmm. uh, second party studio just doing like their big franchise thing like that. It was a new game. It did felt like yeah. wholly new in its own way, even though it still felt a lot like the other Ratchet games. That's 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 the thing for me. Like, it's totally solid, but it's it is very similar to those previous games that were not did not get quite as much fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and and it continues to be a great looking franchise and, yes. and looks better for it. On the they do a lot course. with the visuals in that thing. Plays yes. plays very well, very solid play and fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Ratch that's all I got. Ratchet and Clank. You should just do that new game plus to get those new weapons. You probably get yeah. Your, I'll, uh, I'll boot that up tonight and just kind of dabble with that a little bit. I don't think I'm going to go through a whole new game plus. No, with it, but. you can at least check out. They give them to you for free, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, the the game part. That was uh, uh, Boomerang X and uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake with a little bit of Ratchet there, Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank, I should say, Rift Apart. Got some uh, more games coming out. 
Yeah, the yeah. Gosh, we should say. We've this got, was the, our, the rough part of the month. It starts to yeah. get a little better after this. Got, got our hands on a couple more games that are interesting for the month and some other stuff coming out. So, Yeah, uh, games continue to come out. We're going to take a quick break, but after that, we're going to come back with some talk about what's going on with Judgment, some getting older and playing games, some uh, Nickelodeon, Viacom, Viacom's Nickelodeon's uh, Smash Brothers, uh, and all sorts of other stuff. So uh, we'll be back in just a hot second. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com nextlander. Rocketmoney.com nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. <laughs> ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what are you doing on that vacation there? Hmm? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, uh -huh. and I was doing yes. some coding, and then sure. I, I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast That's what enough. they all it's say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN 
expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. And we're back. You're listening to the, the podcast here, and we're still going. We're never stop going. Can't stop the, us. The games and the news and the events, they just keep happening. And, uh, uh, well, maybe they'll keep happening. Alex, what's going on with Judgment? Oh, uh, this is a strange <clears throat> story. Maybe not actually that strange in the context of the Japanese entertainment industry, but uh, it, it's it's all a little peculiar. <laughs> um, so Judgment is the uh, spinoff series from the Yakuza games from... Uh, Ryu Gotoku. I I always fumble that pronunciation, even though it's not that hard. That's um, close enough. Yeah. So they they made judgment uh, in 2018. We'll say that. that we'll say 2018. Right. 2018, yeah. 2019, somewhere in there. Um, and Lost Judgment, uh, the sequel, is coming out later this year. But the indication seems to be that there may, in fact, be no more judgment after Lost Judgment. <laughs> Um, and the reason for this being that apparently there is um, some fairly contentious stuff going on with, uh, oh, what, I know his last name, I'm trying to remember, uh, Tuk- Takuya Kimura, uh, the actor who plays uh, Yagami, the, the main character, and his agency. Uh, they apparently are very insistent that there never be a PC version of Judgment, uh, which is something that Sega is not very happy about because Sega makes money putting out PC ports of games. Uh, I believe those Yakuza ports have been fairly successful. So there's a lot of speculation going on here because obviously nobody's actually saying anything out loud here. This was just kind of a leaked story that got into the Japanese press that is now going around. But what I was able to gather from kind of reading up onto some of this stuff is that uh, Johnny's, which is the name of the the agency... I was waiting for you to say that. Yes. I was like, you're omitting a very important detail here that yes. his talent agency is called Johnny's. Well, so the guy who runs it, or who ran it, I think he has since passed away, but uh, the guy who founded the agency was literally named Johnny something or okay. other. And okay. I just, when I, when I hit that in the story, when I was reading it, I just I was like, that sounds more like a hamburger joint. Than <laughs> yeah. Well, also, so the- I didn't. Oh, so I didn't realize this. I, I'm sorry. I, I also didn't realize this guy was in SMAP at one point, but yes. we'll get to that. So SMAP was part of Johnny's agency. They were an idol group. What are you guys talking about? (laughs) S-M-A-P. It is an idol group. It was a very, very popular one from what I understand. I don't follow idol stuff really at all, but my understanding is it's a big deal. One of those really long-running ones. Yeah. Put put Johnny in SMAP, cowards. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So there were, I guess, six members of SMAP. Four of them have left Johnny's and Uh gone off to do other things at other agencies. Kimura and another guy were the only two that were left there for a long time. Kimura went into acting, primarily. The other guy, I think, was more of like a variety show host, that kind of thing. But Kimura, from what I understand, and I, again, I don't know a whole lot about the Japanese entertainment industry at large, but my understanding is that Kimura is a very popular actor. He, like, like a huge celebrity. A Japan, very right? big celebrity in Japan, and getting him in judgment at all was a big deal. Like, I, I almost, I mean, this is maybe a little bit of an awkward comparison, but I almost feel like it's getting, like, Justin Timberlake in your in your detective action game. Totally. Like, in, ter- in terms of, like, you know, somebody that used to be part of a popular boy band that then went, and went on and became a huge celebrity in their own right. Seemingly maybe has more staying power than Justin Timberlake's acting career has had, but I, I sure, think if sure. you're talking, like, aughts Justin Timberlake when he was getting yeah. cast in a lot of stuff, totally. Yeah. Sure. I like sure. that one where he's got the time written on his arm. The, the, oh, that's that a bad one? movie, man. <laughs> 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 is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So this th- this did. I mean, finding all this out though, and and specifically that the character uses the actor's likeness was, you know, that was the kind of linchpin here because before that it was like, why don't they just recast the character? They surely there are other voice actors, but finding out finding out a he's a huge celebrity and b they are using his likeness for the character. And they use likenesses throughout the series. Like, obviously, Kiryu is not based on a particular actor's look. And actually, uh, the the new guy uh, in in Seven is also uh, he he is not that like that actor does not look like the main character in that game. But a lot of the other actors that they get for like villain roles and you know side characters, those are based on real actors. And they had an issue. I remember mm-hmm. with Yakuza Six, one of the main antagonists in that game. The actor, Pierre Taki, was arrested for, oh, dr- yes. for drugs. And so, yes, like cocaine because, possession or whatever. Yes, and so based on the way that drug laws are in Japan, he basically had to do like a massive public apology, and they they were, I guess, culturally compelled to re- recast the role and change the, the likeness of the character before that one came out. But there's a big difference, I think, between a, a one-off character in one of your main games sure. and the main character in one of your main games. Like Yagami was a, I, by all accounts and, and Kimura in particular was a big draw for this thing. And so the issue seems to be, I I'm, I'm get, there's a little bit of guesswork here, but the issue seems to be PC games are moddable. You can, That's, when yes. you get access to a character model in a PC game, and I'm not talking about like stadia ports or whatever, that lets people do things with that character. And Johnny does not want to lose control of how that character and that image is used. Yes. Yeah, I like mean, this. I, I read true. this. I read this write up on Kotaku that didn't come out and say that, that it just said that they were very skittish about any of their properties appearing on the PC. But right. I, I had to assume that was the actual issue is like they don't want people mining that that actor's character model out of the game and doing things with it, right? Yeah, that's that's very much it. And so the thing, so what I was able to gather from a little bit of reading here is that Kimura does have a certain amount of I can do what I want clout because of, you know, his his insane popularity. Like, he maybe gets more leeway than a lot of other Johnny's clients would because Johnny's, by all accounts, is one of the most restrictive of all talent agencies in Japan when it comes this to likeness rights and things like that. Some crazy stuff I read in here about, let's see, in the past, I'm quoting from this Kotaku story Mm -hmm. which i guess actually they are quoting the music times but in the past they have refused to allow photos of their talent from press conferences to be published online there was a photo from i think the judgment announcement press conference that had kimura there and it was from famitsu and like the vision of kimura like it was a a literally like they blanked him out of the photo (laughs) so like it says like all of their artists are forbidden from using social media they didn't even have a YouTube channel until 2018. I mean, like, this is, this there is like are, the crusty old man of talent agencies. Or the smartest among us, like the mm. ones that will only survive after, you know, hey, we can't we can't find anything, uh, any dirt on any of these people online. They just don't do anything online. Maybe it's the way. Maybe they, yeah, you know, it's, it's I, but that's the thing. I don't think that's why they're doing it. I think the reason they're doing it is because they make money licensing those image rights out to other people. Mm-hmm. And they do not want anything interfering with that money, even if it is literally just as simple as someone taking the Yagami model and doing the bad things right. they do in mods. Like that to them is is unacceptable. You have to pay to do the bad thing. Yes. So positive side here. I mean, bad side is we this could be possibly be Lost Judgment might be the last game in the Judgment series. Positive note. The 
the PC will finally be a judgment-free zone. Damn. Damn. Well, it already yeah. is, technically, because they still haven't put that first game out on PC either. So <laughs> It continues to be yeah. a judgment-free zone. I hate you. I hate yes. you right now. I want you Thank to know, you. but I Thank love you. you. Thank you. Um, okay, well, that's that's kind of a... That's a, that's a big one. That's it's a, a big one. Are, are you, Alex, are you, like, super excited for Lost Judgment? Is that high on your list? I mean, I so Judgment was my favorite game of that year. I don't think it's like because it's the best of all those games that they make, but you know, it, the year came out, I remember there wasn't a lot else that was like super appealing to me, but it was it's a really ma- well-made one of those and the detective story aspect of it I think is a neat twist that kind of gets away from just the typical yakuza trappings. And like Kimura's good in it. Like I he's not the most exciting actor, but like he plays the character well. I think he embodies his own personality pretty well in that game. And so like lost judgment, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to it just because I like that first one. And I want to see what this one is, but I mean, they're just taking the Yokohama setting from seven and they are just transporting it into this other story, which I'm like, okay, you made generated those assets. I get it. Yeah. I, I made a comment about that on a stream last week that like, man, that studio sure does crank games out quickly. And then a bunch of people responded saying like, yeah, they straight up reuse a bunch of assets between all of those games. They totally... I mean, like, you know, Kamurocho is, has been roughly the same the entire way through. Like, they will change aspects of the, you know, like, buildings will appear and disappear, businesses will change. But the actual mapping of the neighborhood has not really changed at all throughout the series that much. Huh. Interesting. I mean, it's gotten a little bigger, you know, as, like, the size considerations got considered, but, like... The core idea of what that what Kamurocho is has not really changed. And that's how they were able to do what they do. Yeah. That's how they do what they do. I wonder if uh, they are just going to stop getting actors. <laughs> just no more. We're not dealing with voice actors. It's all text. We're, we're done. I, that, I think that kind of sucks if that's the way it yeah, goes. Of like, course, yes. I'm- I think it's kind of neat when you can, like, you know, when Takeshi Kitano was in Six, I thought that was awesome. Like having beat Takeshi there and like having, you know, like that face there as that character was really awesome. And I I like it when they do that. It's just, you know, like you said, depending on what kind of agency you're dealing with, it seems like it might be more trouble than it's worth. I wonder if, I mean, could they just pull an Ichiban with judgment and just cast a new, not recast the role, but literally just conceive of a new protagonist for a third one maybe it depends on what they do with the story i mean it seems it would be they would have to pretty unceremoniously dump that character i think if they were gonna Mm. do it yeah i mean it took them like what six yakuza games to close that story out seven technically because zero is you know yeah uh i have a uh, another kind of quick sega story here while we're in the the sega verse uh and it involves the key master uh, okay. The key master. I mean, he is, he is acting again. I don't know if you've heard. He's, he's bad. Rick Moranis. Rick. Yeah. Yeah. He's in no, something. What is he in? I, I, I'm, like I'm, a, I'm totally actually original? serious. Rick, Rick Moranis is back kind of. And doing what? Uh, what was it? Now I gotta oh, gosh. Monkey? What's that? Let's see. What's no, Vince no, Cortho no. doing? <laughs> um, well, actually, according to Wikipedia, he has been out there doing some stuff. Okay. Nothing major. I wonder if... Uh, I haven't seen all... Oh, no, here we go. Wow. So um, he was on an episode of The Goldbergs. Yes. Uh, okay. And he is in pre-production now for Shrunk. Okay, that's what it was. What? 
Wait, that's what it was. Are they rebooting the Honey I Shrunk, or is this I a totally different thing? I do believe they are. It is a reboot of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Joe Johnson is directing. Uh, so far, the top cast is listed as Rick Moranis and Josh Gad. So do with that what you will. All right, all right, get shrunked. Let's. Uh, well, get shrunk. This uh, is a different key master. Okay, hey, buddy. He just drives. He pulls the cart. Uh, this is Sega's Keymaster, which is a, an arcade game. Now, if you've been to an arcade in the last 20 years, you probably have seen something like this. It's one of those things where it's got like uh, an iPad at the very top, and then it's got like earbuds, and then towards the bottom, you got a couple of Jolly Ranchers or something like that. It's like a prize not, machine. Yeah, it's a prize machine, but it's not a claw machine. This one has a key that you have to kind of, it's like a plastic key that you got to get through a a kind of rectangular hole, but it'll only fit through kind of one way. It's got to right. make a couple of turns to get through and fit through. So uh, this this here Sega machine uh, has a lawsuit against it yeah, filed in California, and it's not the first lawsuit that's come against the Keymaster machine. I just thought this interesting and quick because the lawsuit claims that the machine is rigged, and we all think these things are rigged. Turns out, that's what actually rigged. <laughs> so this this one will not um and it says in the manual that it is it is rigged by default and the and the person who the operator can set when a prize should be released. So oh, uh, did they just get their hands on the manual and basically just present that as the evidence? Yes. Um huh. the manual the manual says uh I guess quote will not reward a prize until the number of player attempts reaches the threshold of attempts set by the operator. So uh, I guess by default, according to this story, it is 700. Uh, and it, until it reaches that threshold, the, no matter when you hit the button to line up the key, it will overshoot a little bit so that it cannot fit through uh, and reward you the prize. Uh, and that becomes a problem, I guess, according to this lawsuit, because the game is not advertised as a game of chance. It is kind of portrayed as a game of skill. The better you are, the prize you can get. Whereas... Some things are just games of chance. And you just hit the button whenever you're going to have a chance to get it. But this is portrayed as a game of skill. Right. Like this is this is in that like UFO catcher vein, right? Of like if you're really good at a UFO catcher, you can get some stuff. Right. I guess theoretically, I look again, I don't know how, if those things are rigged or not either. Um, I just assume so, anything where you are getting a prize that it can be exponentially higher than the amount of money you put in is inherently rigged. I mean, they that, they may be gaming those things as well, but I also do get the sense that some people have gotten pretty good at them. Like there are people that stream UFO yeah. catchers these mm -hmm. days. Like it, it's it's kind of a thing. <laughs> so uh, according to the story I was reading on Polygon, uh, uh, somebody called Claw Craziness uh, made a video or uh, showing that you can tell when it's ready to to, to redeem a prize, uh, but. No amount of money is going to have me sit there. No iPad is going to have me sit there for 700 turns getting ready for this thing. Uh, the interesting part is uh, years ago, about six years ago, apparently there was another class action suit against this very machine uh, through a distributor. It sounds like in uh, uh, another territory, Bet Betson Coinop. And so this thing has come under scrutiny before. And they have another version, Sega, called Prize Locker and a conversion kit for Keymaster Games to turn it into a prize locker, as far as I understand, that does make it a game of skill that gets away, gets away from that uh, game of chance thing. Uh, and they have stopped Sega's official site has stopped selling Keymaster sites, though you can or Keymaster games, though you can find them available. And again, just bringing this up because are they rigged? Turns out 
Yes. Yeah, what you thought now was you happening know. is totally happening. And now that you know. the, the person who owns the game is dialing a number and that's being like, don't pay this prize out until this number is hit and gobble up the quarters. Folks, there's no free iPad. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, there whether, you're getting it, <laughs> whether you're getting it from good a good iPads, they're not like the new ones. If you're, if you're, if they're telling you you're going to get a free one from a survey, from a, from a gotcha machine, from a claw game, there ain't no free iPad. Did I ever tell you my favorite one of those I ever saw? It was a, there was a claw machine in my neighborhood uh, that was a really cheap one. Like, clearly someone had got this thing on clearance, you know, off the fucking Jersey boardwalk and just, like, transported to this restaurant, in front of this restaurant in, in Queens. And all it had were a bunch of, you know, cheap-looking stuffed animals and one copy of The Matrix on DVD. <laughs> huh. That was it. Wait, how do you pick and up that a DVD, Matrix? That's the, that the... DVD was in there for, like, five years. Like the the tension on those claws are 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 like not good. wispy, yeah. Like they they do not grab hard. I cannot. I don't even think it would close tight enough to go around the DVD. That's amazing. You'd have to get a bear and the DVD in the in one go. Yep. I hate claw games, and I hate when my kids want to play a claw game because I always have to have a discussion about how they're not made. You're to literally win. setting fire to daddy's money. Okay. It's just. I mean, unless you're gonna. It's like when I used to go on trips that would have gambling, like go to Vegas or something. It's the same thing. Here's five bucks. Enjoy the process. <laughs> don't don't feel like you're going to win don't anything. Don't trust the process. Enjoy Don't it, trust the process. Don't trust if you enjoy, yeah. We're, this is all we get. If you enjoy, if, if daddy enjoys playing blackjack, that's the fun of it. It just paid $5 to go play some claw game. That's what you have to enjoy. It's an important life lesson that not everyone uh, has your best interests in mind. In fact, that's often right. they don't. <laughs> Yes. Uh, For example, when Heritage Auctions attempts to sell off a sealed copy of Super Mario 64. What is that all? They didn't attempt. They did. Oh, yeah, I guess they did. Like, what is is, with all these dastardly shady shit going on in the games industry this week? What, so wait, we don't, so, whatever we don't we don't have to get too deep well into for people it. who just, don't know what that reference is just it feels quickly. like there is there is an arms race going on in the resale of the collector value of old graded sealed video games like it's not been hardly a week since a copy of the legend of zelda sold for what like eight hundred seventy thousand. i think that was about it and then and then a sealed super mario 64 has just sold for 1.5 million uh why like it's only been a year and something, I think, since the la- the Super Mario Brothers record of like one hundred and fifty thousand. So it's just like this ridiculous escalation. I nobody knows, but there seems to be a lot of suspicion that this auction house is manipulating the market, the resale value for this stuff. Hmm. Uh, we don't have to get into it. <laughs> it no, seems- it's just weird. It's it's a it's a highly printed game. Like it's a game that has a lot. It's not like a rare thing. Where- oh well, there are different production runs. There are like would you really get into this level of minutia if you're mm-hmm. the type of mm-hmm. person with both the collector's instinct and the amount of money to pay for things like this? You start to care very much about like which production run it came out of. Like oh. which product code does it say at the bottom of the back of the box? You know, like that tells you. Oh how boy. old it is and therefore how desirable it is. So like okay. stuff like that matters, but like apparently this copy, this copy of Mario 64 was a 9.8 A++ rating. Mm-hmm. Would 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 deal with again. Yes. I guess uh who is it that's doing these these gradings? I was forget. it Wada is the name of the company or I something? I think that's right. I think that's the body that is WATA. Yes, I believe that's the case, but like a 9.4 A plus graded copy of Mario 64 sold 
in this past January for $38,000, if that tells you anything. So, like, mm. I'm sorry, 0. 0.4 is not that amount of money. It's just not possible. Yeah, whatever. Again, we don't have to, like, speculate. We don't know that much about what's going on here. Even the even the people who do know what's going on here are sort of scratching their heads and going, this this does not add up. So Yeah, I would suggest anyone in, more interested in this story, like Frank Cifaldi has been talking a lot about it, Chris yes. Kohler, people who are heavy yes, into that are, collection scene. Those are the types of people I mean, and like even they are just like, this, this is not- This is fucked. <laughs> yes. Have we figured out a way to smuggle like gems or 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 uh, uh, cocaine in these sealed games because they won't crack them open? So there's like nah, some man, kind the of market price for cocaine ain't like that these days. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this like what is actually inside that thing? It is not an it's not a copy of Mario sixty four. It's something else is living in that thing. Uh, that is wild. That is a wild amount of money for. Uh, Anything that has to do with the Nintendo 64, that's that's too much. The fog to money ratio is here's, too much there. Here's what I need to know right now, and this is a, let's pass a law, let's make this Im- implicit. People have to, like, publicly say what currency they are using when they are paying for these things. If it's Bitcoin, we know. <laughs> we know what's going on here. Uh-huh. Is it, was it Bitcoin? Did I don't know. Say? That's the thing. I don't okay. know what they used to, I don't, obviously... They're not going to tell you who paid for this thing. They're not going to give you information they don't have to. I'm saying, let's change the laws. If you're going to pay $1.5 million for a copy of Mario, we need to yeah. know. We need to know. I uh, Maybe some kid got... Maybe, was it done in, like, Fortnite bucks? Maybe some kid did it accidentally with their parents' credit card in an auction on Fortnite while, uh, uh, while they were away. We might never know. That's too much. It's too yeah, much you money. Can, you, you can now auction old Nintendo games inside of Fortnite. I would if you if you led with that I would probably have said wait really no you've said uh, this out loud now and someone's going to tell Tim Sweeney and it's going to happen. Thank we'll get there. You. There must be Nintendo employees from back in that day who are like, dude, I got like I got like four hundred of these. <laughs> I got a box of these that uh, remember when we had that whole run? Are they? Remember when they printed Mario upside down on him? Dude, those are worth so much. You know what? You what I think is happening? Someone told Miyamoto about this story and he got sad. That's what uh, I think happened. I think Miyamoto heard this and he was just like, "Oh, why? Oh, it's for the, I it's want everyone Mario to play the Mario. I don't want that. That this is not what Miyamoto wants. It's not Mario time anymore. It's sad time. Um, all right. What else is going on with uh, uh, Viacom's uh, ever? Well, listen. Look, as a I'm former gonna... Nickelodeon employee, as we <laughs> yeah. all were. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say they lost a lot of this raw, this, this talent roster when we were sold off, mm-hmm. but uh, somehow right. they have managed we, to little known pick, fact. We were the pieces. A, a number of us were also queued up to be in this game. I'm not going to say who, what is this Nickelodeon all-star? Uh, we brawl? have, to, we have to talk. I don't. Okay. Look, I don't give a damn about smash brothers. I mean, like I'm, what? I have a problem with it. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with it existing and the people that like it and whatever. I just don't. It's not my thing. I don't think it's I'm fun. Saying. That's my problem. I enjoy Smash Brothers, and I think listen, it's a fun product. Listen, I am happy for you. Like, I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm not here to judge. I'm, all I'm saying is, like, I don't want to talk about this game because it is a Smash Brothers clone. Right. Like, that does not. That's literally the opposite reason of why I would want to talk there about are, it. There are other Smash Brothers-style games out there as well. Like, I don't. Okay. Some even made by the developer, apparently, that's making this. Yeah. So, I guess we'll get to that, because I didn't realize this was published by Game Mill until I so what is read this up m- on it. 
They're making a Nickelodeon-themed Smash Brothers clone. Wait, you just said Smash Brothers. But it is like Smash Brothers. That's the thing. The game oh, is I very much like Smash Brothers. I thought we were going to say, we could call it PlayStation All-Star, like, you know, we could say that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If we want Third people thing. to not know what the fuck we're talking about, by all means. <laughs> Listen, there is one reason and one reason only I wanted to talk about this game, and it's because somebody put fucking powdered toast man into a video game <laughs> in 2021. That is a what? confusing choice. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. No. Like, if you're, you know, like let's say that the actual inclusion of Ren and Stimpy might be considered somewhat problematic these days. Uh, deeply, yes. If you were going to pull a, a lesser character from that milieu. Powder Toast Man takes the form of a superhero. He would be a good fighting game character. It's just such a weird deep cut, you know? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, and, and but it's especially a weird deep cut because everything else in that game is from, like, very late 90s on. Right. Yeah, or yes. Like, like kind of later period Nickelodeon. It's like SpongeBob, two of the yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which apparently Nickelodeon has full ownership of these days. Yeah, like Vi- Viacom, I, I don't know if you saw, like, some years ago. Eastman and Laird just straight up sold oh, yeah. Turtles no, entirely, know. the whole IP to Viacom. And it's like Invader so, Zim. I think there was yeah. like a Hey Arnold character in there somewhere. <laughs> Reptar from the Rugrats? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, so like, like Rugrats Re- is like just on the tail end of my window for, for knowing about Nickelodeon. Yeah. Where is, where is, where's Doug Funny? Uh, you know, D- well, there's D- going to be DLC, of course. I mean, at some point, well, actually, maybe, maybe Skeeter will be in there. This is, this is not the entire character list oh, here. Okay. Yeah. So there, there is maybe room for some more. Um, could either of you tell me who Nigel Thornberry is? I know of something. It's, it's the something Thornberries, isn't it? Or the wild Thornberries. The wild Thornberries, that's what yes, it is. So wild, I don't know. I, I've not, never seen it, but I know what that is. Yes. So, yeah, I'm not familiar with most of these. I know who Reptar from Rugrats is. But that's kind I don't of know. the way it should be, I feel like. Because yeah, I, sure. this is not a game that should be for us. No, of course not. But it's so weird. It is weird. <laughs> that I could that I couldn't not note it. Well, like could you get could you get like uh some of those Canadian children's television things in there? Or is that a separate license? So that was the joke very... I made yesterday when this thing came around was like people of our age group, the stuff yeah. we remember is not the shit you want to be putting in that game because no one's <laughs> gonna know what to do with that except us. So it's like, yeah, no, I, I look, I would love Danger Mouse, Count Duckula, that would be great. Yeah. Fucking Barth sure. from You Can't Do That on Television, that would be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yes, like I am. I'm holding out for "Hey, dude" versus "Salute Your Shorts." Yeah, okay. and, and like a like an yeah, MK style, like Pit Fighter style yes. looking. Cla- yes. get, get, hire Melissa Joan Hart. Get Clarissa in there. Let her be the announcer. Let her explain <laughs> the fights to you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> get people from like today's special in there. You know, uh, some good fatalities. That's yes, you're right. That's but that's that era of Nickelodeon is completely inaccessible to anyone yes. who grew up with the 90s on because they never reran that shit after they stopped mm. doing those licensing deals. Once they started making their own original content, all that stuff that wasn't Double Dare related just disappeared. Sure. Oh, Double Dare. Is, is, do they have Double Dare? Is that them? They own Double Dare. I don't know. I thought they did a reboot at some point, but I don't remember if that lasted or what. And I don't remember if that was on Nickelodeon or not. But that that was that was Nickelodeon. That was all them. So that again, those could be really good levels, at least like a Double oh, Dare. Yeah, put the aggro crag level. in there. Yeah, right. But like, who's gonna recognize the like the people who are uh, coming here for the. For the wild thornberries, probably do not want a level that is in like Nick Arcade. No, they just I want to fight that. in front of SpongeBob's house under the sea. That's that's what they're but, looking for. 
which is also fine. Yeah, is, I, I got nothing against just, SpongeBob. I like SpongeBob. And I guess putting Leonardo and Michelangelo as the announced people again, like you said, Brad, these is not the full list, but like you have to have the four turtles, yeah. right? What if they like, don't? Just, that would be really I weird. Know, I don't. I don't think you want to burn four uh, slots in your roster oh. on turtles. They're now different that is enough. Rude. They have different weapons. Yeah, they're not just reskins, but like that's pretty rude. You I don't do- know. I still. I just. I casting Ninja Turtles as Nickelodeon characters just doesn't sit right with me in general. Look, it's all IP mm. ownership. That's all it is. I know what I know exactly what it is. But look, I watched Ninja Turtles on WHNS Fox Twenty One back in the day. Okay. As did I. Or not on that network, but yes, I remember it being part of the syndicated Saturday morning thing. Um. But oh, also, there's, there's also the fun little twist to this of it. Apparently, it came out on the developers discord that this will have rollback netcode, which is really funny, <laughs> which is which is something that actual Smash Brothers still does not have. It's really funny. <laughs> People are very up in arms about it. So the I developer of this made another Smash like game that I think is is somewhat well regarded. I mean, Game Mill as a publisher is is a fucking trash factory, but like. The the developer itself, I think, has some pedigree. You might be right. Let me follow up on that real fast. Um, well, unsurprisingly, their entire website is about this Nickelodeon game. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most money they've ever made on a single project before it came out. So, uh, all right. Speak. Speaking of being getting old. Uh huh. Uh oh. Oh right. Yes. Our last story here. Oh, yeah. Can you still play games as you get older? What is this? No, clearly no. not. Can people? This is all right. So this is coming from an article uh, written uh, for Wired. Can people Wired. still play the same games as they get older? Like, look, I get it. I get what you're saying about the wording of the headline, but I think it is an extremely valid question, as they point out at the beginning of this article. Mm-hmm. Because anybody who was engaging with the first wave of video games in the 70s is kind of getting up there now. And Brad, you clicked on this Taboola like, link. <laughs> what a, what a, uh, what, this is, what did you find out? Come on, man. There are actual studies in here. There are. Uh, no, I'm, I, I'm teasing, but also having read through this, it's like the, the top line here is, as we all know, you peak at 18, mm-hmm. kind of physically, in the, the body, in the best shape of its life. 18. It's all downhill from there. I'm trying to remember what my body was like at 18, and that's a real bummer. Okay, go on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, look, anybody that follows esports knows that it skews incredibly young, right? Yes. Like, all the top players are teenagers and early 20s. Like, that's not some, like, stunning revelation or whatever. But, like, the interesting part is that they actually, like, quantify the decline in here. <laughs> and, like, they talk about, like, you know, which types of cognition do decline and which types don't, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'll I'll stick a link to this in the in the show notes, but like they you know this 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 story cites a number of studies and talks about some stuff like you know we're talking about like a range of like hundreds of milliseconds from you know when you're in your twenties to let's say you're in your fifties. Like I feel like you know some of the interesting uh, distinctions they make in here are, for example, like your accuracy does not tend to decline as you age, mm-hmm. but your response time does. <laughs> so like. Accuracy meaning being able to line up a shot, right? Like that's not necessarily something that declines, but your ability to do that fast yeah, before the other the other kid does it, right? Or like the other distinction they make in here is like your what if there's a term there's a cognitive term for this and I have lost it here, uh, but essentially changing your attention from one topic to another, kind of a multitasking situation. 
is is also something that very quickly uh, starts to fall off. Like I don't know, I feel that. I don't know about you guys, but like I I feel that playing certain types of games the last few years. I I so I'm not disagreeing with you because I I've definitely noticed that there are certain kinds of like especially Twitch action games that I feel like I'm a little less apt to stick with these days just because it's harder for me to kind of get in a rhythm with them. But at the same time, I wonder if anything is different because I have ADHD and it's, you know, Mm. my attention span tends to wander a lot because of that. So sometimes it's hard for me to focus regardless of whether there's any age considerations going on that. And I'm not sure if that might factor into anything also. It's possible. I mean, the brain is a multifaceted thing. Indeed. It's a nightmare. But yes, but I don't know. Like I find a lot of like a lot of games that force you to keep track of multiple things at one time. It gets a little more cumbersome to go back and forth for me. For sure. Than it used to. Like Sw- I just I I think this is this is an interesting topic in the long term sense because like it's probably going to dictate where a lot of game design goes in the next like 10, 20 years, right? Like oh, that's, man. that is like the big open question of our generation is how many of us are going to stick with video games. Well and how many long-term. of the younger generations are going to stick with video games past a certain point as well. I mean there's obviously still obviously tons of p- young people play games that hasn't really changed in a major way, but you know trends are things tend to trail off like you know media formats that and and entertainment mediums that are very popular sometimes just kind of trail off with younger generations if they find other things that are more interesting to them and I'm wondering you know if you're if you're making games for an increasingly older skewing audience, does that change the calculus of what you're doing? But it's not, um, I think switch costs is what they referred to that, uh, keeping track of multiple things in that article, uh, yes, was. tasks, task switching speeds. Um, but, uh, but also the article does go to point out, of uh, experience. Uh, I think they would, they call it crystallized intelligence, basically things that you have come to learn and, and kind of, uh, uh, have internalized, can actually help you out a lot. So I think at the end of the day, it was, it was like reaction time and stuff is going to go to the younger set, Mm -hmm. but overall performance, it wasn't that big a disparity. That's kind of what was interesting about this to me is like, I'm looking at the stat here now that like the average decline into your sixties is about 20% on response time, reaction time. So if it takes you a second to respond to something in your twenties, it's going to take you about 200 milliseconds longer than that. Once you're in your 60s. So it's like not as big a spread as I would have thought. And that's just reaction time. But, yes. uh, you know, there are also just, you know, overall, hey, if you if you if you give uh, um, an 18 year old, a fresh 18 year old, a controller who's never played a game before and you give a 60 year old a controller who's played games their whole life. I bet that person out of the gate, the 60 year old is going to do better. A week later, the 18-year-old might do better. But, like, sure. you know, there there is something to be said for uh, uh, the experience. Yeah, I have like never they, been good at games, so I <laughs> have nothing to lose here. Yeah. And, like, they even talked to they talked to Justin Wong. They quoted him in this story. He's, like, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the most winningest uh, mm-hmm. competitive fighting game players out there. And, like, he's 35 now, and, like, he talks about, like, the effect it's had on his game as he gets older and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, it's... This is going to be an interesting topic as as we keep, you know, watching ourselves <laughs> creep toward the grave. Well, yeah, and That's especially right. as esports continue to, you know, take over a lot of the the mindshare, and you know, like again, like you said, it's a lot of a lot of esports is a lot of younger players. We haven't right. really had the chance to see these players <laughs> age up that much. Well, not not just esports, but again, just the people that were there early on, yeah. right? Like, does there does there continue to be a mass market for? games players in our demographic you know 10 20 years from now 
Like I'm, I'm very. I look forward to finding out. Yeah. Are we going to have a seniors bracket when we, uh, for that's the. Exactly, dude. Sports? Like, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Just, are they going to replace shuffleboard at the nursing home? <laughs> yeah, it's wee bowling. With, with, <laughs> with uh, uh, Overwatch 2 for uh, the geriatric edition, the, uh, I think performance mode, uh, uh, a quality mode and an oldie mode, old timey mode. It's like that meme image of the old lady being like, you know, yeah, you know, I heard Overwatch two. It's going to be a lot like Overwatch one. They haven't really changed the gameplay that much. And the woman next to her is like, okay, grandma, let's get you to bed. <laughs> are we going to have like cricket style controllers where the buttons are just huge, like the cricket phone, or it's just like, I use my PlayStation cricket and it's just a giant triangle, a giant circle. Hey, listen, I hope so too. It's actually just a lap board that sits on your lap and it's just it's the big buttons. My bigger problem is like not necessarily the cognitive. I think I mean, listen, that's always been a problem. My my playing of games, but um, actually like just physically holding a controller for extended periods of time, you know, like all the all the like, oh, you've been doing this for 40 years, mm-hmm. this position with a mouse. And now you have like, you know tendonitis flare-ups or, or or these things or like my hands get cramped holding a controller when it's a long session or all those or like sitting on my butt for too long my back hurts i've actually noticed a thing a little bit with the dual sense controller where when i use that thing for extended periods of time and there's a lot of vibration going on my hands get a little numb like it goes mm. away pretty quick after i'm done and i've never had this issue with like regular rumbling in controllers I don't know if it's just mm. something about the size of that thing mixed with the way they use the the rumble, but like, and maybe it's just like carpal tunnel or something. I have no idea, <laughs> but like, it's just, it, it's weird. It's a weird sensation. I notice it most in yeah. playing Returnal. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like the, I feel like the shine has come off of the resistive triggers a little bit. Mm. Definitely. I feel like people are maybe starting to not turn on those things necessarily, but at least start to see where they might be a little counterproductive. Like maybe they are actually taking away from the game a little bit more than they're adding to it. A little goes a long way for me with those. Like, um, I always, I still always feel like I'm breaking something when I punch through that, um, that, that stage there. So good news for, 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 uh, anyone coming along with us on this long tail ride of gaming. We're still plenty to enjoy for all. Never been a better time. You can enjoy all sorts of games and, uh, they're out there for everybody. I'm going to assume the people making games, too, are also getting older, uh, and they're not all just turning into photo hunts. <laughs> not every game is just a, 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 a law and order photo hunt on an iPad. So there but is plenty still be. to be had there. But they I mean, maybe they should be. I would play that. Uh, and that, I think that is that for the news. Unless anybody else has anything they That's want to bring up. Nothing new is broken while we've been recording this, I don't think so. Except my hip. Oh, uh, oh I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, listen. Do you, you given remember me... Eureka's Castle? <laughs> you could have given me Boomerang X 20 years ago. I still would have sucked at it. Yeah. Uh, there was there was never a, never a good time for Caravella to be uh, <laughs> doing all of that stuff. Uh, it's why I like point and click adventure games. It's just uh, it's just my speed. All right. That's it. Should we check and see if anything else has broken? It was no, kind of a slower looking. news week. Yeah. Um, not too much. Not too much. going. That's always the post E3. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, some games coming out 
next week. Games continue to come out. If you want to go check out, um, we're going to wrap it up here then. We're going to get near wrapping it up before we get to the very end. We have uh, Here Decay Gone Tomorrow, episode two. which is uh, episode two up on the site. You can see the, the birth of a warlord if you are uh, interested in that. Hollywood. Hollywood. Um, got some Boomerang X gameplay up on the site as well. Uh, tomorrow or the day this goes up, uh, you can check out part two of the Daedalus Encounter, the full motion game uh, that we are trying to get through if we can. And maybe that'll be the finale tomorrow. We'll I'm see. Not sure. Um, Friday, we are uh, still still TBD on the game, but looking to play something cooperatively together. So we'll, uh, if you're on the Discord or uh, looking for more updates there, you can check there. Uh, thank you everybody. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash nextlander. You can watch our stuff at twitch.tv slash nextlander. And you can usually watch the archives a little later at youtube.com slash nextlander. And if you want to become a Patreon supporter, we do appreciate it that we support it. We love everybody listening and watching our stuff and just sending good vibes anyway. But one of our tiers, the mysterious benefactor tier, does get a shout out alex navarro it's my week it's time it is time to thank all our patrons and shout out the mysterious benefactor yes it cannot be said enough before you get started but all of our patrons are literally keeping the lights on here we could not and would not be doing this without everyone who supports us so thank you so much Indeed. yeah it's really amazing we, we're trying to as of right now trying to keep as much stuff free out there all the the streams free and uh, uh trying to think of fun rewards for the patrons but uh yeah like i said twitch.tv slash nextlander from your hearts to our hearts Indeed. <laughs> a, uh, thank you. Uh, mysterious Benefactors, Alex Navarro. Here we go. Here are our Mysterious Benefactors for the week of July 14th slash 15th, 2021. We have Mark Sidebotham, Rob M., Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, G-Chap, Jay Lanier, Brian D., John Hubbard, Corey James Thompson, C.J. Ewing, Sean Miller, Stimpak, Jack Einecker, Sean Phillips, Mark Dell, Nicholas Horn Jorgensen, Malone Hart, Angel Angie Valadaris, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Yakto Yada, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Ben Murden, Jerry Lee, Brian Stanton, Gary Peschke, Matt, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, Joseph Reagan, Zeus Laser, Kinto, John McGinnis, The Bunny Fiend, Casey, Casey Shaughnessy, John B., Nick, Sarah, and Katie Doherty, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Stephen Yulikovich, Jad Rita, Andrew Thornburg, Statics, Robojebus, Mike Merritt, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Pixels and Polygons, Marcus G., Morgan Piper, Ninja Ducky, Andrew Cotton, G. Cruz, Lucas Fellers, Anders Bug, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Blood Emblem, Kevin Villado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Burr, Andrew Teepkin, It Me JP, Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Matthew King, Steve Lynn, William Loomis, Richard Welsh, a.k.a. Hired Noobs, 
Matthew Herrig, Adam Bilo, Rick Button, Anthony King, Nick Weissjohn, Tyler Treese, and Jean-Francois Murray. All right. Thank you, everyone. And also a very uh, big thank you to our mods. Thank you very much. Yeah. And every, everybody in the uh, community uh, uh, keeping it real nice in there. Helping me out in the Discord. A lot of fun channels in there. If you're interested to go check that out. We just shuffled some stuff around. We did a uh, trying to check in on that stuff monthly to see what's going on. Uh, and if people have suggestions, there's a Discord suggestion channel. We just changed up some stuff. Some more stuff coming in the future. It's tough to change it all at once. I, when we were moving channels around, I was like, nobody's going to be able to find this channel anymore. If I move it in the right spot, I can change the name or I can change the position for it. It's weird. It's a weird thing to think about when you're reshuffling the deck a little bit in there. Very hard to please everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, some some opinions vary widely, let's say, on how to administrate a Discord server. <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, do, I, we, I, do we need more channels? Do we need to consolidate channels? Look, all I know this is, is if you want to hang out with me, come hang out in uh, what you're listening to, what you're watching. Let's talk about That's some right. stuff. We we separated out the uh, in, from the building it. Uh, we had to separate out the Gundam build, so we made a separate Gundam channel from the building. There was a lot of Gundam building, yes. and it was getting uh, by the it, same token. We created wrestling and anime channels. <laughs> That's right. So we've so already lost. talked about other things that they're watching, um, which is great. I love I love going into those channels and seeing what people are posting and, uh, and doing in there. Also, uh, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast, but we are going to be doing a live patron Q&A. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, are we committed to the date? Can I say it? Sure. Next week, next Friday? Next Friday. The, the 23rd, I want to say? Is that? Yes. That is correct. Friday the 23rd at, what, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, I think is what we'll we're go with looking that. at. Uh, we'll put out more details uh, on how you can get in on that, but uh, that's open to all patrons if you're interested in coming and rapping with us live and asking some questions and stuff. We'll be doing that on a Discord stage. And also at the appointed time. Also the day this podcast goes live, the evening of, don't forget to check out our PAX panel with the folks at Firescape. Right. That's right. That is yes. Uh that is at eight something. It's eight thirty uh, or eight forty five Eastern time. Time's yeah. your flight. Uh, uh packing it's yet. right now. That's Oh, oh boy. When I think about that. No, we are doing a virtual panel. Yes. Of the way they should be done. If you ask my opinion. Uh yes, it'll be a virtual panel with uh, Dan, Mike, and Mary from the Firescape podcast. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh sitting down. I think it's an hour long. I believe it is. I which, believe it's a sixty minute um, thing. Doesn't seem like a lot of time, but uh I'm really looking forward to checking it out. You can check for details on that on whatever they're calling this packs his website. Pax we got Online, links to it up it? on our uh, our Twitter feed as well, so you can look there. Great. Great. I was just talking to somebody about um, convention stuff, and I, I guess Comic-Con is also happening. Uh, like in, in person? In October. Little. That's Probably October. Um, but yeah, I'm not there yet. When's the PAX, PAX West stuff happening? Is that August? No, it can't be. September, mm, I mean, maybe. it's usually around Labor Day, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. This will be virtual. I'll be up at my uh, computer saying hi to some friends. Can't wait for it. Come join us if you can. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We really do appreciate it uh, any way you can. And we'll be back next week. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, no matter what age you are, there's never been a better time to play some video games. See you, everybody.